Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Sheng Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at MEC Sharks and on Twitter at Cheng underscore Peng. And I'm Keegan McNally. You can find me on Twitter at Halfwall underscore Hockey at my website, half-wallhockey.com or at San Jose Hockey Now. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Welcome New Year. Welcome to another episode of the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. Yeah, another uh, another week, another uh, losing streak uh, for the Sharks. So, uh, when will this ever end? But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we have uh, a fun episode today. Not all doom and gloom. Uh, we're doing our Sharks midseason awards, which sounds like a lot of doom and gloom, actually. But it's not just awards. We're also going to talk about. Uh, we're going to predict the trade. We're going to talk about our sleeper prospects and also uh, kind of our surprising prospects for this year. So we'll uh, kind of shed, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of look uh, toward the sunny side of things too. But also too, we will talk about the reality of the Sharks. So we have a most disappointing player award too that I'm looking forward to because there are so many candidates for that. That's uh, so many great <laughs> candidates. I think there's a, I think it's the Golden Globes tonight as well. So this is all fitting for. Oh, perfect. Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're also this week going to get into a couple of things. We'll, we'll briefly touch on that. The Sharks are bad uh, and they keep losing since we last talked. They've lost to Colorado, Detroit, Winnipeg and Toronto in four straight games. Um, we're going to mention the uh, World Junior Championships and uh, some of the outcomes of the, the Sharks prospects. I do want to say, though, we're going to have a longer episode on this probably next week um, with um, a special guest. Uh, that uh, will maybe two special guests, too. So we maybe have two topics. Yeah. To help decode what happened during the World Junior Championships. But we'll, we'll touch on it briefly. Um, talk about the Kakadin trade rumor that was out there this week, although mm-hmm. it seems like it uh, might mirror the Blackwood trade rumor from a month ago. Um, the uh, Studnika, Jack Studnika going sent, getting sent down to the Barracuda and why that uh, seemed like it made sense. Uh, some IR updates, uh, Couture and Benning. And then finally, we'll talk about All-Star Hurdle and our mid-season awards. So it's going to be a long show. <laughs> All right. Where do you want to start, Shang? Sharks are uh, bad. Yeah. Uh, actually, it may, it may not be that long because what can we say about this? Uh, the Sharks yeah, keep bad. losing, uh, keep <laughs> losing in different ways. Um, I think uh, the, the games that uh, after our last podcast, the at Colorado on New Year's Eve, Detroit, Winnipeg and Toronto, uh, all lost in different ways. Um, I Finding think, new uh, ways to lose. Yeah, the Sharks are, are defending better in general, um, but uh, yeah, there is something that is uh, missing in terms of just the uh, realization, kind of. And I, I wrote about it a little bit yesterday. I, you know, quoted a miracle um, that uh, what a Kurt Russell uh, said as Herb Brooks that team isn't talented enough to win on talent alone. <laughs> and yeah. the Sharks, to a man, uh, I don't think I don't think that that's quite registered yet. And so uh, until that registers, I think their performance is going to be very, very up and down, but mostly down. Uh, I think that if they can start to play with sort of a um, all hands on deck compete attitude and outwork their opponents, they're still not going to win a lot of games, but uh, it's going to be a bit more respectable. Uh, it won't be like last night against Toronto where it was four to one, but really four to one with, I think, seven or eight Toronto. I've never seen a number like that. I wonder if that's the most uh, ever tracked. Uh, if you look at the angel play by play sheet, there were post and uh, and crossbars. I didn't even know happened. Uh, like I thought it was five by the end of the game. Someone came up to me, uh, Ryan Lee on a sports radio service, a buddy of mine. He said, no, actually, they just said it on the broadcast that the just said it was six. 
And I look at the angel play-by-play sheet, and I'm pretty sure there's seven or maybe even eight. <laughs> it just keeps going up and up. Yeah. And, one, yeah. and, and, and in fairness, there was one from Hurdle. I think Hurdle had, had something mm. that they called the post. So, so seven mm. for Toronto and one for the Sharks. So Okay. <laughs> so... Goalie's best friend. Um, but yeah, that game was just very lopsided in terms of the talent disparity. And and, and um, Quinn even mentioned that as well, right? Like he, yeah. he said something similar to that effect. Yeah. And, and so the, the Sharks have to just find, find a way to um, just, just, just reach a, a more consistent level of competitiveness. No one is expecting to, to win a lot. And I guess if you look at the first 11 game losing streak that there have been improvements, it's not as mm-hmm. ugly. Uh, Quinn actually made a point of reference that that, that Toronto game would have been maybe one of the better games of yep. their of their of 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 their zero ten and one start. And actually, he's not wrong. I mean, yep. what the Sharks are doing, I guess, better this this time around uh, is that they've cut that shots against down dramatically. Yep. Um, Toronto rolled out to an 18-3 first period shots uh, advantage, but after that, though, the the Sharks actually outshot them. Uh, 20 to 17, I think it was, or something like that. So 20 to 16. So these are kind of like small, you know, small favors, small victories, <laughs> moral victories, really meaningless victories. But um, it doesn't feel as, uh, and it's not even a feel thing. You can see on the ice, it's not as bad as it was, but as bad as it was before, it was literally worst hockey team ever bad before. Yeah. And now they're just playing at worst team in the league in this current year, <laughs> kind of kind of level. Yeah, this, you know? this game would be eleven to one, and if this was during the the first losing streak, yeah, it would have been eleven to one, and, and all Toronto would also had four more posts on top of that, right? Yeah, right. Um, it been knocking on the door for worst loss ever. So yeah, but. I'm still trying to form what. I guess because we I, we talked about this last episode about the team needing mm-hmm. to play better defense, and I think. Um, by yeah. and large, they they have since we since we talked Colorado. Even though they were shot outshot by a lot, but I thought they competed and they defended pretty well. Detroit, they actually outplayed Detroit and they they should have won. And that's actually mm-hmm. a game uh, that the goaltending disappointed them. Kakinen let in a couple that that uh, that he'd want yeah. back. The, the, you know, the game against Detroit reminded me of a lot of the games last year that they lost before the trade deadline, where um, it felt like they were outplaying the opponent and. Their yeah. goaltending, be it Reimer or Kaplan last year, would just let in that one or two soft ones, and the game would still be close, but they just couldn't close the gap, and they couldn't afford to give up those one or two soft ones. Uh, the Winnipeg game was kind of funny because they were awful the first 15 minutes, um, uh, like the Toronto game, kind of. And um, then uh, they picked up their play, and they played with Winnipeg or maybe yeah. arguably outplayed them for the last 45 minutes. And the score came out uh, pretty close. You know, they were in it till, till, till the end there. Uh, and the Toronto one was sort of a different beast too, in a way that even though uh, obviously we mentioned the 18, three shots disparity, but it, that was a funny one because uh, the second and third periods felt like the Sharks were closer, but Quinn did not like their, their compete level uh, throughout mm-hmm. the, throughout the game just wasn't consistent enough in his mind. Um, and so that, that was kind of interesting because you look again, the shot counter uh, doesn't look that bad. The, the Sharks were uh, a shot counter after the first period. I mean, doesn't look that bad. The Sharks were able to, to, to get a, get a goal there and keep it close there. But 
uh, yeah, so those are some of the maybe the subtle things, some of the battles that maybe they were winning against Winnipeg or uh, after the first 15 minutes against Winnipeg that maybe they weren't winning as much uh, against Toronto. Yeah. They're finding new ways to lose. Yeah. New ways to, um, I guess not new, just kind of, I guess, rehashing old ways that they've lost before. Yeah, so just have to kind of figure out, I guess, um, what we're looking for here. And mm-hmm. what we're looking for is still... Uh, better play out of the younger players, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very up and down. I think we would agree, up and down week for uh, Emerson, for an Eklund. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so 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 we call it a, a, a learning curve or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. the, the pains of of, of youth. Um, Zetterlin too, I think, was uh, up and down too. Um, but I guess though uh, that there were ups, and we should be happy about that at this point. So. <laughs> I think they uh I should have done a prediction on when they're gonna end their their losing streak here. This is impressive. Um with like really just not even maybe a few close games in there that like maybe they should have won or got a point of, but like this is just bad. Um, it feels closer than before because like I said, Detroit when they should have won. Um, yeah, for sure. I even think the the Winnipeg was close. So the lose the the loss that started it all, um the one zero loss in Arizona. Uh, yep. they didn't even like how they played, but they, they were in that game. Um mm-hmm. and, and of course that's the two disallowed goals there, right? In a third period. Yeah. Um so yeah, so it, again, it doesn't feel quite the same. And just the strict stats, uh, the 0, 10, and 1 start, that was a minus 42 goal drift differential, which prorates to worse ever in history. Uh, and in this this 11-game losing streak, it's not uh, great by any means. It's, I think it's a minus 31 goal differential. But if you do the math, that's just like typical worst team bad, you know, uh, not historical bad <laughs> yeah well we're about so, to be past the the halfway point of the season yeah. um so we can finally turn those clocks onto tank mode and just talk about <laughs> well, does it tank. get worse though is is, uh, is my question at the trade deadline if they if they are able to move move a couple pieces that are quote unquote keeping them competitive right uh, yeah, which especially their maybe they are right their goaltending yeah. or even a guy like like uh like ferraro um sure. so yeah can it get worse? Um, and yes. then if you look at <laughs> what, what the the team that Chicago is icing currently, the Sharks really do have to worry about like how bad theoretically Chicago can get. Cause That's they're true. Out with their, their Bedard's gone. Felino's gone um, for the time being. They have like $35 million in injured reserve this year. And then their, their lineup looks like an AHL team. If you look at it, you're like, Oh, this is a, this is a Barracuda. It's not sometimes, Barracuda. sometimes though, of course, and we've seen this in the past and yeah. that sometimes, uh, you have a few less skilled players on your team, but maybe you bring in guys who work a little bit uh, harder mm-hmm. and compete better, and then your results are better. And they so, won against Calgary today, which is yeah. I don't, I don't mean specifically Chicago, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually talking about the Sharks after the, the deadline. But yeah. Anyway, um, not that uh, you know we're all penciling in Macklin Celebrini cards just yet, but it's getting closer. Nope, only a 25 percent chance. So <laughs> yeah, I am doing a lot more. Um, review of the upcoming draft class and i don't i don't think it's as good as last year's in general so sure. there is a, that kind of worry that man if you don't get that first round or first overall pick it might not be this might not all be worth it guys do you, do you think that it's celebrini and there's a drop-off like a pretty decent yeah. drop-off okay yeah For because sure. celebrini does does excite me in a sense that yeah. uh the his billing and we talked about mm-hmm. i think last week like the comparison of a of a of a Andre Kopitar versus a Patrick Kane 
And yeah. I would I would build around an Andre Kopitar or Jonathan Taves like every day mm-hmm. of the week. If I had to pick one guy as my building block first, I would pick that uh, and and pair him with a uh, Will Smith and a uh, William Eklund instead of building around a Smith yep. or an Eklund. I would build around a kind of a uh, set it and forget it uh, two way defenseman that or some center that uh, you hope is going to be in the Selkie conversation every mm-hmm. every year. Um, that's yeah. Yeah, I think that I wouldn't say that that's like certain players, you know, that they're going to be very defensively mm-hmm. defensive oriented and that like their game is already so polished. I wouldn't say that's what Celebrini is yet, but you just know that his brain can go that direction. Right, right. And yeah. you know, a guy like Kopitar wasn't like that uh, at yeah. the beginning. Um, so it's going to be there. And I, I, I have a lot of faith in, in him as an NHLer, probably next season, to be honest. So, um, all right, let's let's. Let's move on from the Sharks are bad because it just makes us sad. Um, <laughs> and and talk about Team USA and Will Smith. Um, Chang, did you watch any of these games? Did you did you enjoy them? Yeah, yeah, I I, I caught a lot of the the, the Meadow games, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I liked I liked what I saw out of Smith. I thought that he was one of their better players in, in both in both those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like just for example, like the 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 two quick goals that his uh, his line gave up against Finland. I don't I watch I don't see, you know those those are not things like that. Oh, that that's Will Smith. What is he doing there? Right. I mean, he's not a perfect player. He's you know careless with the puck. Sure. Um, that's his game, right? He's he's he he's a risk. He he's a he's a, he's a risk taker, right? Kind of yeah. And I think uh, that uh, you can iron some of that stuff out. But I, I in general, I felt pretty good about what I saw out of him. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to step in and be uh, be an impact guy next year. But yeah. um, I think that on his course, though, I think you feel, I think uh, you feel pretty good about his course. And in his improvement because i during the the preliminaries um in the uh the group stage i don't think he had his best games at all and right. then it's they exactly what team usa wanted which the third line to dominate the bottom six like on the other th- team's third line i mean that's what they did and, and smith was a huge driving factor in that um every game it felt like in the um the elimination stage so i, I want to say for him too though that uh uh, it wasn't like he was just dominating like bottom six lines. I mean, on sure. a power play, he was. Uh, uh, I think in Finland, he was he was PP one uh, at, at mm-hmm. center. I think they may have switched that up in the in the they Sweden did. game, but yeah. uh, he had assist on on a snugger root goal, right? Yep. Um, and so he, definitely, I, as you said, like that that third line to have a third line like that on any other team in this tournament, maybe even Canada. That's that's a that's top six line. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not first on Canada, but second yeah. line. Right. And then any of the other the other teams, maybe that's a that's a first line. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that speaks to, of course, uh, how deep USA was. But I guess what was impressive about Smith was that 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 he that he stood out even uh, in the on the deepest team in, yep. in the tournament. Right. I, right. That I think I, I think uh, so, even though he didn't end up being in that discussion of, uh, you know, MVP or whatever, um, mm-hmm. he clearly he clearly was, especially in those in the metal games, clearly was a, a, a top player. And I think arguably the, the best player, but, you know, maybe that's stretching it. But he was yeah. very much kind he of in that the, conversation, at least. Yeah, he made the most of his minutes. Like mm-hmm. it was it was every time he was on the ice, it kind of. He had some sort of chance that was, you know, 
a high danger scoring opportunity. And that's all you could really hope for from that, that stage. And, and you're right. He stuck out a lot. I mean, not just cause I was, you know, staring intently at him the whole time, but it was like, wow, Smith did what <laughs> a lot of, yeah. Times, so I told you one um, of my, one of my, uh, I don't know if they call it a, a trick or whatever, but like, uh, I'm not as familiar with the, with the prospect stuff as you are. And as a lot of people are. And so when I started watching his games, I actually didn't know the numbers of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to know. And because I wanted the players to kind of speak to me and stand out, <laughs> sure. stand out to me. Um, and I think Smith did do that. And I don't necessarily think the other Sharks prospects did. I'm not saying that that means they're bad, but like, um, but to me, it, it says something when I don't know what I'm watching, but I was like, Hey, that guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that guy? Oh, it's Smith. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. You, your brain kind of, has such good pattern recognition after watching, you know, we watch thousands and thousands of hockey games. It just is really good at, at finding that, that moment that sticks out. And if you don't know it's yeah. Smith there, it's going to hit you in the face and go, Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. I liked him a lot. I'm, I had him in a, like a B minus originally. I'm, I'm giving him an A. He, okay. he earned it. He earned that gold medal. Wow. Really? Yeah. Like uh, up to, okay. up to an A okay. from the, cause he was, he was okay. And then throughout the entire uh, elimination rounds, he was just on it. So, mm-hmm. I'm giving him an A. Okay. Okay. I'm in the Christmas giving spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm giving everybody else a D minus. No, yeah. Okay. But I want to remind fans too that look, we know he's not in the NHL. He's not yeah. Fantilli. He's not Bedard. He's not you know Leo Carlson. Um, he he's a of those top four. He's a guy that needed need need needs time to grow. Needs space to grow. Um, For sure. But I see I see the intelligence there. I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of it. Um, and we had, we took, you know, we spoke with, uh, uh Chris Morehouse, uh, about mm-hmm. his sort of his drive. And so if those things kind of carry over and the things that he needs work on, you know, some work on his skating, uh, uh, puck management, things like that. Uh, the, yeah. it sounds, it seems like they, there's a chance that they have a really, really good player here. Mm-hmm. I think the big, like, the thing that people mention a lot is he looks like he's floating a lot or he's not like defensively responsible. And, and some of that is true. But I think it's more about just he's inconsistent in games. So like mm-hmm. one game he will be off and it looks like he's doing nothing. And then the next game, you it's like he's playing in these elimination games where he's on top of the puck and making plays, even subtle ones that people you have to go back and rewind. Like you, you put out that article about how, yeah, he had a tap-in goal, but he set up that tap-in goal like five yep. plays before that. So, you know, he, he's a subtle player that takes a lot and a lot of uh, watching to understand, I think. Yeah. And you could catch one game where you're like, ah, this guy's not it. You know, like, <laughs> why did why did we get Leo Carlson? You know, we're stuck with Will Smith kind of thing. And then you watch another one where you're like, this guy, the competitive fire is there. Like the, the I can dominate. I can really, you know, be the best on this team kind of thing. So that's what gets you excited about Will Smith. And this yeah. is two, you know, international tournaments where he's come out as like a, a big star or a big reason for getting gold. So I love it. A A for Smith um do we want to do the rest of the grades should we save that for next week what do you think uh i mean we can just talk impressions if you want to grade i, I don't know if i have, if i have grades but you can you, sure. yeah we can update the grades yeah let's um, do it okay Cole camp uh didn't play like didn't really since. play yeah so. <laughs> so i gave him like a b plus or an a minus i don't remember what i gave him in the uh group stages and then he just didn't really play after was that. he they, they... was he dressed they just didn't put him out there he was he dressed goes, he shows they... up yeah he shows up on yeah. the box score but yeah there's no he gets minutes. Like, he gets like a, a shift or two. Um, 
He was thirsty. He didn't though, the, last, the last couple games though. There's not even a I minute. Think he, I think Did he, he get one like 30, 35 seconds in the gold medal game or something. Like <laughs> Maybe that. at the end, right? They gave him. Yeah, uh, they yeah, just like, put him out there. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he got basically Renzel took his spot at the on that last pairing, and mm-hmm. Renzel did fine. Um. Um. Renzel was a first round pick, and uh, he's big. I think that was another thing that Team USA wanted was some size on their blue line. Uh. In the end, and. Polkamp's not a big guy. He plays big and he hits and he's physical, but he's just not a big guy. So, well, using my test for uh, seeing guys on the ice without knowing their numbers, um, Polkamp was invisible. So shame, completely shame invisible. <laughs> I don't know. I'm giving him a, I'm giving him a B. That's being Stop. generous, but okay. Yeah. That's well, I mean, he he the games he played in, he looked good. So he looked good. Okay. Know. B minus. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tease this too. I've been talking to a few uh, a few uh, NHL amateur scouts uh, about what they saw at the World Juniors, and yeah, I, I've heard some good stuff uh, uh, about him. So let's move to uh, no one's too team... hard on him for not for being a, a ghost <laughs> the last two games. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, team Sweden was their opponent in the gold medal game. Um, team Sweden uh, featured Filipista and Matias Havilid. Um, Speaking of ghosts, I just I did not see a lot from Philip Eastat after like his pretty decent uh, group play. He just looked like he offensively wasn't very um, impactful. I guess is the right way to put it. He had a few good you know, like transition plays. He would carry the puck up ice and kind of set up things for the first teammates in the offensive zone, but then nothing really went from it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I didn't remember any or not a lot of high danger shooting opportunities for him either in the gold medal game. Um, so he's definitely getting a downgrade on terms of uh, his, um, his grade. Cause I think he was yeah. at a B or something like that. It was definitely a tough medal round for, for him. Um, of course he's hard to miss on ice because he's, he's so big. Um, but uh, th- then you have expectations for a guy that big who can skate like he can to do more. And definitely that was that was lacking. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I will say Havlid though. Havlid's a guy that he he popped out uh, for me yeah. in small spaces. You know he wasn't uh, he he wasn't uh, their most heavily used defenseman, but uh, but I, I liked I liked what I saw saw out of him. Yeah, Havlid did, and he um, he's uh, got a good shot, and he um, he breaks the puck out well. Um, I wasn't. I'm giving uh Havlid a B. B said I'm moving all the way down to like a C, okay. I think. Okay. Um because so he just he was kind of just there. The preliminary. Okay, that's fair. Honestly, everybody was like, except for Furlong is gonna be mm-hmm. our next guy. Um yeah. he kind of stayed the same and they only played one game after I think we <laughs> we spoke about him. So but it might have been his best game. He had a really good game for for Canada's elimination game. Um so but uh Jake Furlong Looks good. He's um, mm-hmm. and we're moving on from from Team Sweden. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations to them for their silver medals. And oh, um, also we've got uh, Halton in, and Halton and I, I had to say that the medal rounds at least didn't see much much out of him, and so that's yeah. Same. After strong, obviously preliminary performance, but yeah, yeah. So basically, Pole Camp, Beastet, and Halton and kind of just went down in terms of all of their grades and then furlong went up a little bit um and smith went up uh, a lot I think okay have lid held you you would say or i would go yeah, held or, or, or a little better. bit more okay yeah. 
Anyway, we're going to talk more about this uh, next week. We have uh, some some fun guests to uh, to talk about it. And then, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, I'm going to talk more about the insight that uh, that uh, I got from uh, from uh, from guys who were there at the tournament and guys who who weren't but were watching it. So. Super excited! Um, all right, we have another Elliot Friedman uh, cac- er, goaltending trade rumor for the San Jose Sharks. It sounds very similar to the prior one for Mackenzie Blackwood, I think. Um, other than it's a different person, it's Capogacan at this time. <laughs> well, just guy guy is playing well. Teams need goaltending, which all there it is. Which all which all, which all holds together and makes sense. The difference with Kakinen, though, um, and I think that this this might make him more valuable than Blackwood is that Kakinen is expiring and Blackwood is not. Blackwood has one more year at uh, two point three five, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and that sounds counterintuitive at first because you want contract, uh, you want term on contract at a low AAV, but goaltending is really weird that in this way that like we talked about when we did the Blackwood trade podcast that you really don't know where you're getting. And so teams, I think would rather, uh, take a chance on a captain because they, Hey, they know that if he doesn't work out, we don't, we don't need to worry about 2.75 million on our cap next year. Whereas mm-hmm. Blackwood, uh, unless Blackwood is exceptional with the Sharks this year, and obviously in December he had a bit of a drop off, right? Kakinen's numbers are actually better than uh, than Blackwood's on aggregate right now. Um, but anyway, um, if if Blackwood uh, you trade for a Blackwood and he's and he's no good, um, all of a sudden you're stuck with it's not a huge hit, but you're stuck with two point three five million that you don't want on your uh, on your cap and you can't get rid of. Um, and, or it's hard to get rid of at least. And so, so yeah, so, so Kakinen, I, I think that even though Blockwood has a little more of a pedigree, uh, in terms of just the hype and what people have thought of them in the past, um, that yeah, it, it, it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I think, uh, like I wrote about uh, this week, it just comes down to finding a price that both sides find, find reasonable. And a Friedman said in, in on his podcast that uh, the prices for middling goalies they're crazy. He didn't specify what the prices were. Um, I think Kathleen does fall along. You know, middling sounds like an insult, but basically in mm-hmm. goaltending, and Friedman talks about this on the podcast, but we've talked about this before a lot too. That there are your Hellebucks, your Shosturkins, your Sorokins. These are your franchise superstar goalies that um, you you know they're they're gold. Um, the, there's a middle class of goalies, though, that most of the other starters in NHL fall into, the 20 or so other starters or whatever, right? And sure. those are the guys that you really don't know where you're going to get month to month, year to year, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that's sort of why they're in that middle ground. They're obviously talented enough to have fantastic games, win you games, even maybe win you playoff series, but uh, but they aren't. 50, 60 game guys that you can just kind of set it and forget it. And you know, you're going to get a 915, 920 save percentage out of them, like, like a Hellebuck, for example. Um, So they're basically, you know, there's that middle class of, if you don't want to use the word middling, uh, there's middle a middle class, class of, of, of goaltending and those guys, you really don't know what, what you're getting. And Freeman also made the, 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 the point that is hundred percent correct that even though Kakna has played well this year and he did say that teams like him, teams are interested. Uh, you don't know, you don't know what he's going to be. If you give him the, 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 the load, if you want to make him your starter yeah. or what he's going to do in the playoffs, you just have no, no sense of that. Uh, because he's, he hasn't done it before. And so, um, so anyway, I, I think that it comes down to just finding the the right price 
And if a team will meet it, then I do think that the the, the Sharks, um, I guess I will say that of between Kakadin and Blackwood, if they perform exactly the same, mm-hmm. that they, I think they would rather have Blackwood, the Sharks in this case, because then they know they have him at another year at a low cost. Whereas if Kakadin performs well, he's UFA, you know, are you really going to give them like, just for example, a guy that came out of nowhere, right? And suddenly he's making a lot of money, Aiden Hill, right? Obviously Aiden Hill won a Stanley Cup. It's a different thing. Uh, but like if Kakadin has a good year, like what are you prepared to give him? How much do you trust him? Uh, last year obviously was, was, was very poor for him. Uh, and then his time in Minnesota was up and down or good stretch. There was really fantastic stretches and there were poor stretches in Minnesota. So, uh, so what do you give for a goalie? That's a UFA that you don't know what, you know, you're not sure what, what you're going to get out of him. And so, um, so anyway, so I guess the, the reverse works for the sharks. If they perform again, the same that they would rather have the guy with little cost certainty, but. And I think just because he is a UFA, I honestly think that they're they're more inclined to trade him. But we'll, we'll talk a little that bit too. about that. Maybe that too, that too, right? And that's another small thing too. Yeah, that uh, Kakinen was a uh, Joe Will guy, right? That's when Joe Will sure. was the interim GM. Um, yep. Blackwood is Mike Rear's acquisition, and yep. so I think I think that that is a a fair point. I think again, this is assuming that neither goalie kind of moves ahead of the other over the next month or so. Obviously, Blackwood started off very strong October and November. Um, but then in December, he really dropped off. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, uh, um, Kakinen is, is you know a bit ahead of him now in terms of goal saves ex- uh, above expected, uh, raw save percentage. Not, not a huge amount. Like Blackwood can make up. Blackwood has two really good weeks. Blackwood can can make up the difference. So it's not yeah. like it's it's a huge uh, huge difference. But Blackwood was 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 pretty uh, substandard in, in in December. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to our Blackwood trade conversation. Goaltending, man. You, you <laughs> if someone offered you that, uh, who who who's not taking a second rounder for Blackwood right now? I don't know. You know, you tell me, right? But <laughs> who yeah. among you? <laughs> Yeah, at this point, it's it's not looking too great. He's had a lot of rough games, although he had a few in past this past week that looked okay. Right, but, right, right. He was yeah. really good. Blackwood was really good against uh, Winnipeg, um, yeah. and so yeah, so I, Blackwood could turn it around. Blackwood could have. He had a good October, November. He won Player of the Month yep. both months. Granted, those are those are fan voted awards, but he deserved it. Shark's mm-hmm. team was awful. Blackwood was the team MVP through uh, through those first two months, but. Couldn't hold mm-hmm. together or couldn't keep it together in December for whatever reason, right? Goaltending, right? Who can figure it out, yeah. right? And um, and that's and I and I guess that's my point. If someone is willing to give you a premium asset for one of these middle class of goalies, then you just take it and run, and and you you know you sign Aaron Dell or something. I don't know. You know, I, I you might want to go go stronger than that, but still, you just kind of take it big and run. If someone's willing to give it's- you. Magnus yeah, no, you can't, you you can't big time it. <laughs> but I'm kidding. We got to get him a, a quality start. That's true, days. though. Yeah, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, so but, one quality start. But um, but yeah, the, the the point is, someone's willing to give mm-hmm. me a premium outset, which I consider a second rounder to be. You just take it, take it and run. And yeah, you're gonna have a big hole in goal after Kakinen if you trade a Blackwood for a second. But you just take sure. it. And I'd say the same exact thing about Kakinen, uh, that you, you someone gives you. I don't know if the uh i think i think i would take less for kakinen just because he's going to be a ufa and i don't know if the sharks plan on resigning him um, yeah i don't think they do so so yeah so i would take a little bit less but again if you get if whatever your price is if it's met take it 
Yeah, that's fair. And, and and as much as we like to joke that maybe not we, but some people like to joke that NHL GMs are stupid. They're not dumb. They 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 are craving consistency in their goaltending right now because they have seen what's happened to like Ilya Samsonov and you know Campbell and these guys that and and Cal Peterson and like these dudes that were always in that middle class of goaltenders but had really good years and then all of a sudden now they're bad and they have to stick with these contracts for however long so they're, they're craving a consistent goalie for the playoffs and even Blackwood's like mid-season inconsistency could could harm his trade value um, sure. even if he's looking great at the trade deadline they still might be hesitant because of what he does in December or whatever even on a bad team like the Sharks so I think they're going to be looking for who's the most consistent goaltender um, throughout the year to take at the trade. But that is a funny thing because that consistent goalie though, is uh, those guys are, are like locked in under key, like the really consistent ones, not the ones consistent just this year, but the ones that year after year. Right. And so, yeah. So, uh, so. Kakanen might be the, the most, the best asset for that that night because he's a ufa so the, the risk is very low right right um, for for initial jams like you were mentioning right. so i think he uh we'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk about him later on the episode yeah but i think it's a reasonable rumor though i guess i guess i'll, I'll leave sure. it that it makes it makes it makes sense you know i i know i have a lot of questions about the ferraro one just because uh mm. i like ferraro which i've said many times but i don't think the league likes him <laughs> as much as even mm. i do <laughs> and so yeah so uh but calculating makes sense because again ufa low risk and teams do really need a, an, another goalie so all right briefly jack Stanika was sent down to the ahl yeah uh that's the uh that's the headline <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important and it's it's my own fault that like I, I didn't really uh, um, realize this at first about the the CBA I'll, I'll admit right that when I first looked at it I thought oh well it makes sense center goes down Couture is close to ready Couture is going to come back um, mm-hmm. but um, and th- like the exact rule is okay if a guy clears waivers which Sneaka did in November after Vancouver waived him and he plays in uh, if he plays in ten or more NHL games after that. That uh, when you send him down, he must clear waivers. Mm-hmm. If he's under that, if he's uh, under ten, and Sneka is at nine NHL games with the Sharks after after he cleared waivers, you can send him down without waivers, without risking him. So what this tells me is that the Sharks obviously Sneka didn't do enough that he was guaranteed an angel spot. And let's be honest, nine games, zero points, not even about the points with him. He just, he didn't create a lot of offense chances, right? He was just fine defensively. Um, he, he is, he is fast. I think he does have like fair instincts, decent instincts at it. But uh, even though he's long, but he's not that strong, I think. Um, mm. And so I think he just was okay defensively. Um so anyway, like he he didn't do enough that 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 you have to keep him at this level for sure. He did not. Uh, but the Sharks like him enough that they didn't want to risk losing him on on waivers, and they think that there might be some upside to him still. And anyway, uh, Quinn said something interesting about him uh, yesterday when we were asking about him, and just that uh, Sneka has to, you know, he's at that point where he has to go down and kind of change his game a little bit. He has to know that he's not going to make it exactly as he was. And he's got to change his game. And, and I asked if Nico Sturm was a good example of that. And Quinn agreed. Um, and what that all means is that basically um, you, everybody, 
and Quinn actually said this, that a lot of third, fourth liners in the NHL, they were big scorers uh, uh, back in the day, be it in the AHL, be it in college, be it in juniors, right? For sure, yeah. And when they get here, though, they realize, well, they're not going to be that guy anymore. They're not going to be the star of their team. They're not even going to be the second line guy, right? And Sturm is a great example of that. Sturm was uh, was a scorer at Clarkson in college. And he comes here, and he, I think he realizes fairly quickly that, okay, you know, what I what I did at Clarkson, that's, that's not going to cut it here offensively. And so he changed his game, and he became a model fourth-line center, won a Stanley Cup as a fourth-line center with the Avalanche. It's so good as, as a fourth-line center that he plays 3C for a bad team, and he still shows well. He represents himself well because he works so hard. He always gives that second, third, fourth effort. Yeah. Uh, 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 he's, he's that kind of guy. He's a standard bearer uh, for, for that kind of effort, that kind of compete. Um, so anyway, um, Ken Sonica, it doesn't have to be exactly stern, but can, can Sonica refashion his game? Um, one of the things that I found interesting, uh, when, uh, uh, and I wonder, I, I'll ask Jack about this if he comes back and he's, the, the game is sort of different. But when he first joined the Sharks, uh, uh, it was in Denver. He, he joined he joined a team uh, uh, at practice in Denver, and I asked him, "Well, you sort of, you know, just what are you looking to do while you're here? What what kind of, uh, uh, you know, what 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 kind of uh, a game are you trying to show the Sharks?" And of course, he talks about, "Oh, want to be responsible, want to be two way. That's my game, et cetera, et cetera." Right? Which I think he did mm-hmm. a fair job of. But he also said, "Oh, I also want to put up some points, you know, score more points than I did before." And of course, he want to be more productive he i think he had like one point in event one goal in vancouver five games uh this this season mm-hmm. last year in like 40 games he had like six points right but i wonder if that was a little too much of his focus though um and i wonder if he goes down there that the focus is just about be- turning into uh the best defensive center that he can be and if sure. the offense comes along with it then then the better and obviously with the barracuda he's going to get a lot of offensive touches too so he can build some confidence in that area too uh that i didn't see really in, 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 in at least with the sharks uh offensive confidence you know he tried plays that just didn't work that just weren't gonna weren't really gonna cut a couple plays i wonder about just didn't even just they had no chance of working. I, I I wasn't sure why he tried it. You know that that kind of stuff, and so I think I, I think I think there's a chance there. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen uh, because it it usually doesn't. You know after a guy gets waived and whatnot. But again, there is a reason why the Sharks uh, uh, took sort of the the middle sort of instead of just um, risking him on waivers. And trying to stay uh, competitive at center with keeping him, keep him on the team until Couture gets back, and then wave mm-hmm. him, which I sort of thought was going to be the course of, of, of things. Uh, they're just going to go. They're just going to. They're 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 they're, they're going to send him down, let him work on his game, uh, keep him from waivers, and uh, keep rolling out the uh, Luke Cunning at, at center, which uh, I know they don't want to do, but <laughs> yeah. but. They don't they really tried. have any. They don't really have any other choices, right? They tried Stanika out, and uh, he definitely wasn't good enough that he has to stay here. Sure, but and we'll talk about this guy later. But guys can surprise you though, so don't don't discount Stanika just based on nine games. Um, sure. Yeah, 
Uh, we're gonna talk about Zetterlin a little later, right? Uh, guys, guys can surprise you. So, um, yeah. so they they like them enough to keep him. I guess is the point to to protect him from waivers. And so we'll see if he can kind of refashion his game a bit. I think they, yes, they liked him enough to keep him, so they wanted to protect him from waivers. Uh, but also because they did spend assets to get him so quickly, they probably were more like we we if we lose this guy immediately to waivers we just threw away a sixth round pick for literally nothing well you know well the point is like they traded even though um it's not a lot to give up they traded a tangible asset for somebody who was on waivers because they liked the guy yeah so even if in those nine games he didn't show enough of it obviously again to keep they want to see NHL, if he's gonna yeah yeah so there's something that they do like uh, about him that um they think is worth the risk of a sixth round pick yeah and I mean, it's not going to harm the Barracuda either. I think he will. He'll, he'll be well good there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was, he so was that... a point per game player. Uh, I think over his AHL career, uh, he's a uh, uh, shout out to uh, Josh uh, for Jalen who wrote the story about him. But I think uh, over his AHL career, he's a point seven five points per game player. That's that's a that's a that's okay. a very good uh, that's mm-hmm. a very productive AHL player. And so he's going to be fine down there. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's could, just they like, could use it too. They definitely can use it, right? Because they don't mm-hmm. have a the Barracuda, right? Since they, they moved Bordelo to to wing, they don't really have a a true kind of top centerman, right? Um, no, not that Bordelo even was that, but like, but they yeah. yeah, they don't they don't have that. And so Sonika they rotate in a bunch of guys and then try. Right. But yeah, so Sonika not... can in theory uh, be a be a top uh top uh, uh AHL centerman and again in a he can in the little areas show that he's changed his game that yeah I can score at this level but I understand that when I move up that that's not that's not what I'm expecting that's not my that's not my game at the at the AHL level and so maybe that was the the plan all along was I mean obviously you want him in the NHL but you know you got a guy now that can kind of go between um both leagues well not really go between but for now stay in the AHL and if you he develops enough there. He comes back up. Yeah, I think for right. sure that was part of the long range. They, needed, they needed more center depth because they're so injured and all that. They and needed that. it anyway, uh, but they, I think they kind of knew that Kator and Sturm. Uh, well, maybe Kator didn't know actually. Yeah, because Kator, that was back when he when Kator was just started skating. But Sturm, they knew his injury that he's going to come back at some point. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like Sturm's uh, injury was a season ending. Um, sure. But um, but yeah. Uh, they, so I think they 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 kind of knew that this could happen with him, and so. Again, that's that's why after nine games, <laughs> send 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 them send them right down and don't risk them to waivers. And if someone does pick them on waivers, honestly, it shows that hey, there are actually other teams that like this guy too at, sure. at this time. So, yeah. okay, brief IR updates before we get into our mm-hmm. midseason awards. Yep. Um, Couture, maybe sometime yeah, soon. We'll see. That's hopefully, kind of hopefully on a road trip. Uh, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I think it is good that we actually have some kind of, even if it's very like nebulous uh, mm-hmm. or not, it's not a hard, it's not a hard timeline, but we have like a hope that it might be in the next two weeks, as opposed to before it's like, well, we have no idea. We have no idea, yeah. <laughs> which is really literally what it was over the last month. And uh, going back to training camp, it was just like, don't know. We'll see how he feels. Mm-hmm. Don't know. We'll see how he feels. And so now we have sort of a, a hope uh that 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 it'll be during a road trip not the not to say so much so that like i don't know it's tough uh the exact question that was asked of quinn was um might there be an expectation that he plays on the road trip 
So the mm. word expected is in there, but then there's also the word might. <laughs> so, might expected. So possibility, yeah. So yeah. Uh, and and Quinn did answer affirmatively, like without hesitation. So um, so I, I guess I'll just say that like he the, uh, Logan continues to look good in practice. Doesn't seem to have any setbacks. Um, so yeah. So I, I do think it is a uh, uh, very uh it's 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 very reasonable to be hopeful that 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 he will be back um as they mentioned you know sometime on his road trips so. uh and then matt benning got put on season ending ir yep uh, uh hip uh, hip surgery same injury that's plagued him all season uh part of the reason why i want to bring him up is i think matt is very very underappreciated uh he has been dealing with his injury all all uh all season as far as i understand it from uh from quinn and that it's definitely slowed him down this 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 hip injury all all season Mm -hmm. and so we haven't seen the the best of him this this year um and we saw a bit of that last year and sure the best of matt betting is is not a a top four defenseman like he was with the sharks he shouldn't be playing that but he's a very good defenseman that i think would look great on the bottom i've said this before bottom pairing on on a on a on on a playoff team but more importantly though the reason why i i'm spending more of a moment on it is that i we talked about this uh i, I talked with quinn about this today mm-hmm. um of course after the toronto game right uh quinn's big thing was compete i was just disappointed with the guys compete right and it is worth noting that three of the uh uh three of the sharks uh, highest compete guys are out now no. And yeah. that's Couture, that's Benning, and that's Sturm. Yep. And Benning, Sturm, and, and I think Cunning is in this uh, category too. They were brought in specifically last summer, right? And Mike Rick talked about this to make the team harder to play against, to, to up their compete. Um, there is no obvious replacement for a Sturm. You know, Sonika is not a, a, as hard to play against as Sturm is, or even for Benning, right? A lot of defensemen have, have replaced Benning, but I don't know if anybody is quite as sort of again second third effort you know a hotiak hits hard but it, the little things is is, is a hotiak doing that i don't think so i don't think no. so not yet at least right and so guys like that uh, matter you know for 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 the compete in your lineup so i think that was an interesting sort of um that that game against toronto happens that's the theme of the game compete and hey, lo and behold, uh, Matt Benning uh, uh, just uh, just had season-ending hip injury, and we're still waiting on Nico Sturm and Logan Couture to come back. Yeah, the uh, blue line. We're going to talk about uh, possibly the best defenseman here coming up on our midseason awards, and it is rough right now choosing some the best defenseman because it feels like the not only from injuries but just the depth chart is, and we knew this going in was was pretty poor. And yeah. Benning is a was one of the few like this is a NHL defenseman for sure, and yeah. a guy that um, competes well and, and shows well, and he's not there. So a, a healthy he, Benning would be every night in this lineup. So exactly, and yeah. Yeah, there's no no question about it. So get well soon. Uh, hope he recovers well and then comes back for next year because it is it's a good signing, um, an interesting. Yeah, know a lot of people got mad at like the term for that signing. I think he got signed to a four-year contract, yeah. was it? Yeah. Um, but I think it's you know so far as has played dividends other than this season-ending injury this year. They had so. to give the extra year to get guys to come over here too. That's that's one yeah. thing that people forget that like 
And you don't necessarily want to come to this team. <laughs> yeah, and once so, you get the yeah. once you get the AAV down to where if you waive Benning, it accounts for nothing right, against your right, cap. Like, right, what does right. it matter? He's just a solid NHLer. Keep yeah. him. Yeah. Um. Okay. If you all weren't aware, Tomas Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle was um named the uh, San Jose Sharks All Star um, selection. Uh, they're doing a little bit differently. There's like, I think, 12 that are fan voted and then 32 taking a picture of their dog, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my wife is, <laughs> uh, is on a plane. So <laughs> anything to do with me, it's uh, if I'm doing something unusual, it's, are you doing this for your dog? Yes, it's I'm definitely doing it for Mushu. It's always for um, Mushu. So uh, congrats to Tomas. That's, that's awesome. I think he, um, it, it kind of, that's what made me think about the, this topic for this this uh, podcast was we should do a midseason award because I think Tomas Hurdle, segueing into it, um, is our our midseason uh, MVP. What mm-hmm. do you think, Shang? Yes, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, uh, Mackenzie uh, got off to a good start there, but obviously his December was uh, mm-hmm. wasn't great. And all season, even when the Sharks weren't scoring. Um, you know, that, that first 11 games or so, 0, 10, and 1. Uh, Tomas Hurdle would look like the only NHL competent forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, yeah. NHL skill, skill forward. Skill yeah. forward. Ne- uh, Nico Sturm still looked look, look good, but he looked... Top six Nico, Nico looked like, uh, yeah, like, like a third, fourth line forward. But Thomas Hurdle was the only guy that was making plays and uh, anyway. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, so, so, so Hurdle is the clear, uh, clear MVP. I don't think there's any question. I'm going to uh, dig more into it around the all-star break, but uh, my, my suspicion is that the, the area that I've seen is that he just beats guys at will again. Uh, with his mm-hmm. with his moves and not of course not 100 percent of the time and he is not the fastest guy so you can catch him there right but like uh, when he enters the zone or when he's got the puck for for just a split second in, uh in, in in the offensive zone down low or whatever but not even down low even when he just like I said just attacking the neutral zone or 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 on entries um he's gonna beat his first guy He's not going to be yeah. every guy because he's not Connor McDavid, but he's going to—he's consistently going to beat that that first guy that's going after him. And there's uh, more of a respect, I think, uh, seeing pay toward him too this year too. In terms of uh, teams are kind of backing away from defending him. I think last year uh, you could take the puck off of him easier, and yeah. uh, and so teams weren't respecting him as much. But I think this year they're seeing that this is the Thomas Shirtle from the past. Uh, from a couple of years ago, from his all, first All Star season, from 2018-19, when he put up uh, 75 points, I think it was. Uh, that that Thomas Turtle, that's that's basically what we're seeing uh, uh, right now. And this is an add to the leadership component that has grown this year, uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know being able to be more positive and even a more difficult season than last year. I think last year at times. Tomas had trouble uh, uh, being positive because the losses were pretty bad last year. Uh, Heartbreaking losses last year. And the team felt like it was close. Maybe that's more frustrating when the team feels like it's close and, and it's a losing close, at least before the trade deadline. But um, this year though, in uh, arguably worse circumstances, uh, definitely a worse team. Uh, Tomas has done a good job of just uh, staying positive, good body language, not, getting uh too uh too tight uh, worked up about one play that goes wrong uh so being a good example for 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 everybody else for young players obviously guys like hurdle and Eklund 
I'm sorry, uh, Zetterlin and, and Eklund, uh, who have played on a line with him this year, Eklund right now. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so the whole the whole the whole bit of it, uh, I, I think that uh, Tomas has been uh, very good uh, this year, and uh, he yeah he 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 uh, he deserves all, all all the praise, and uh, I'm glad to see him uh, come back, come uh, you know bounce back after a tough year last year. It seems uh, like he was be the unanimous uh, MVP yeah. vote. Like if you were looking for who's number two, um, I guess that's that's a better argument. Yeah, you know that that's a that's a good point. Um, number two is harder to pick from. Um, exactly, guys that have had up and down seasons, or guys that have had moments where you can. You can and we can't we can't pick the goaltending as an aggregate. If you pick the goaltending as an aggregate, then maybe that's more valuable than even hurdle. But probably, honestly. <laughs> They're somehow getting like near 900 goaltending. That's for this team is impressive. I, I think honestly, we'll, we'll move into our next, our next thing. Uh, but I would say Grandland, maybe that's a good pick. So if we're going to do MVP is hurdle, we're going to say Grandland is best forward, I guess, because you got to do this like it's kind of like a senior yearbook style where everybody gets an award, you know? No, you don't have to do that. No, okay. I, I was joking. just wondering who your number two vote for MVP is. I, it would probably I, be Grandland. It was I think be he, okay. I think so. Um, he he's uh, didn't start off well, but then since then, he's the only one still on a consistent good trajectory to to be playing at uh, his station, like where he is in the lineup. He's, he's meeting that expectation better than a lot of other guys i think right now i would um, still go with blackwood for my number two mvp sure. just because he was he was really good in october and november and whatever points and wins the sharks got in those months a lot of it was because of him and that's when the sharks were still really being outshot by huge margins uh, sure. i think uh you know the sharks have uh, kind of calmed that part down uh, the last uh, month or so in terms of uh not being outshot like 37 to 20, 42 to 18 mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I would go with Blackwood and then the next, the uh, Grandland's a good choice. Um, so my best forward is clearly going to be hurdle. So I, I, I don't need to do the yearbook uh, favorite. Not I'm everybody gets, not everybody gets a, gets a medal here, Keegan. All right. This isn't high I'm school. Okay? This isn't elementary school. Um, no, but you know, it's, it's, it's picture day. It's uh, no, it's, <laughs> I think um, the, like yeah, and honestly, they're not that far off in terms of their stats. I think Grandland's got like twenty six points, and Hurdle's got twenty eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, actually, uh, if you do so the all star, I actually was doing this uh, uh, um, uh, for something that that I, I actually haven't written yet. But uh, Grandland mm. really started getting hot November twenty fifth at Vancouver game when he scored that incredible goal. Right. Yeah. Uh, from that date on, uh, so basically Thanksgiving, uh, Grandland I think is like top fifteen in the league in scoring. In terms yeah. of points, top, yeah, like, so that's, 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 and yeah, that's good. And you need, <laughs> this team needs offensively gifted talent, like, you know, so, so much that I'm, I'm going to give it to, to Grandland for okay. best forward. Uh, um, for best defense, I, I would say, and this is going to, he would, he would be up there for me for, for MVP, not, of course, not head to hurdle, but I think you can make argument for Mero Ferraro among Grandland and Blackwood. I know that that would, uh, draw audible groans from, uh, from our <laughs> listeners who are not uh, Farrell fans, but mm. uh, I do think it is really valid that Farrell has been much better over the last six weeks, two months in terms of his sort of his offensive puck moving play. Right, I think yep. defensively he he I think I think he's good with what he's good at. He gets he, he gets beat sometimes. He gets uh, kind of stretched beyond his capacity, but not all of that is his his fault. 
He's not uh, he's not Mark Edward Vlasic in his prime. That's not his fault. Um, so I think that certainly all the minutes he plays and sort of the respectability that he's helped keep the Sharks, especially the last couple of months uh, that, that he's helped in, the, in that area, um, that that sounds like a really valuable player, right? So, of course, mm-hmm. he's, to me, the clear-cut best defenseman. I don't think there's any question in my mind. But in terms of, of valuable, um, I think there's an argument for him to to be uh, uh, number two. I would still probably have Hurdle, obviously, number one, Blackwood, uh, Grandlin, and then Ferraro, maybe, and then maybe rounded out with Kakinen, maybe. But I, yeah, I think there's an argument fair. for him. So, um, surprisingly, I'm going. I'm going to agree with you, despite being <laughs> a noted um, Mario Ferraro hater. Um, <laughs> I don't hate Mario Ferraro. I, I, I think he. You're. I think you're right in terms of things that he's shown this year that he hasn't before, or it's been a while. Um, his, um, he's jumping up into plays a lot more. He's carrying more effectively with the puck. He's showing a little bit more puck skill than I remember him having in the past few years. Um, and my the most interesting stat I have for Ferraro is there is not another single San Jose Sharks defenseman who is averaging more than 20 minutes a night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, is I, nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is nuts. He's, yeah. he's getting like 22 minutes a night, you know, like a normal first pairing defenseman would or whatever. No other yeah. team, no other defenseman on the Sharks. So that reminds me. Minutes. I I, I saw insane. that stat a couple a couple of days ago. Uh, but mm-hmm. then what I wonder about is 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 he the only guy in the league that that is like that's the case? It might be. Yeah. I, I wonder. It might be. Yeah. We should do. Uh, I'll do a little looking around him. It's possible. Um, but it just goes to show, like the it's defense by committee, I guess. But it's a really bad committee. It's like a, it's like a really. <laughs> It's like a very poorly managed committee. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say best defenseman, obviously, is Jacob McDonald. Um, but <laughs> but I would agree with you. I think Ferraro, because of where he is on this team, and he has shown a little bit more, despite a lot of flaws that he does have, and he does get, uh, I, I don't know if the word is right, puck focused. Like when he, like he, despite like teammates going for the puck, mm-hmm. like a guy will have the puck two other guys like his own teammates are going for the puck. He'll be the third guy still going for the puck. And it's like, no, you, you got to back up. And to some degree though, I would say argue for him that like he, some, some of these are calculated decisions that he knows because of his skating, which we all agree sure. is, is a kind of, a, at least above average, if not elite trade of his, uh, yeah. but above average for sure. Well, above average that, that he can get back on stuff. So some of the, yeah. the risks that he takes, I have no issue with because he knows, we know, that he's going to be able to come back. Anyway, I'm going to cheat and look up this 20 minutes stat because I think I can do it uh, pretty Ooh. quickly on my own. Uh, just the NHL filters. Okay, he's not the only guy. I see oh, okay. he's, he's going in. Uh, which again, how many times have I said 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 about Dallas? I've told you guys uh, just as non sequiturs that they are they've got to be kicking themselves. Should have traded for Brent Burns, whatever. They they they, they really minutes, hurt right? themselves. <laughs> yeah, they really hurt themselves by by throwing that first at Nils Lundqvist. That was the exact wrong mm-hmm. guy to throw that for where they are as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Harley came out of nowhere and was like, "I'm great, so it doesn't sure, matter." Sure, that's but, fine. Yeah. That's fine. But he's not playing. He's not doing anything besides being offensive right i assume right yeah yeah so yeah. yeah so he's not he's not a combination guy and why not have burns and harley <laughs> sure sure <laughs> um so uh let's see uh a cider that makes cider sense. apparently is a, only 20 minute plus Although i would think that walman walman would do it too well right? i just uh, put 20 so it's, there could be somebody might be close. 19 yeah he might something. be 19 ish or something like that right and let me see 
That could be it. Uh... Mm -hmm. Seattle. Yeah, Ferraro on here. Okay. So yeah, so there's only there's only uh, two uh, uh, yeah, uh, so three two Bowman other or, or cider and 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 Heiskanen. Heiskanen. Yeah. yeah, I wonder I wonder who's gonna eat uh, Heiskanen's minutes. Isn't he hurt or something like that? That's a good question. Probably yeah. Thomas Harley. <laughs> um, or Ryan Suter, right? It's gonna be Ryan Suter. Probably. Yeah, I'm just Ryan actually curious since since, since since I'm bitching about it, I also <coughs> look look at okay. You know what? Harley does play 19 a night, so I'm gonna give give him that. Sure. Uh, so I'm being too too harsh on him. A little bit on the on the kill too, not too much, but a little bit. Uh, as and actually they do have uh, Essa Lindell at 19, mm -hmm. uh, Suter at 19, or they're close okay. To so they got a couple actually, like so, around yeah. that area. On um, and the Sharks have Burrows, I think that he's their second highest, but. Oof. Yeah, someone's got to play. Anyway, so, so best defenseman has to go to Mary Ferraro, despite, you know, Your flaws, misgivings. <laughs> flaws and all. Um, I have liked, he, he he has shown more offense, I think, as well. Okay, so. uh, I just want to belabor the point, though, okay? Nils Lundqvist traded first-round pick for him, 1454 a night. Oh, that's rough. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's a rough. I mean, sure, Harley, Harley coming out of, like, not out of nowhere, but, okay, that's great yeah. and all that stuff, right? That you know, that's why the 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 star. One of the reasons why the stars are are uh, atop their division or or close, right? But like, mm -hmm. you could have used that first somewhere else. Doesn't have to be for Brent Burns, but it could have been somewhere else for sure, right? And those are the moves that uh, that uh, that uh, um, that uh, keep you from winning a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, this is this is true. They could have used that first round pick on many other things besides yep. a fourteen minute a night defenseman. Yep. But all right. Most improved is our next um, <laughs> superlative, our next midseason award. Um, I, who are you going to go with most improved? I'm going to think about this one for a bit, although I, I think I have my answer. Okay. Okay. I think your answer is better than mine. I'm going to go with the obvious one, uh, Fabian Zetterlin. Um, Fabian Zetterlin last year, 22 games, three assists. Uh, a lot of, <clears throat> you know, I, I read all the comments on my message boards because I have to, I'm a moderator. I'm sorry, on my website. A lot of, a lot of hate <laughs> toward, toward Fabian. And it wasn't wrong. He wasn't very good. Um, yeah. The only reason why I sort of like stuck with it is because um, the scouts I talked to, they liked him. They liked sure. him when a trade happened. So I trusted that the, the scouts I talked to who, you know, their living is, is to watch and judge uh, the game and evaluate guys like this, right. That they liked him. So I thought, okay, if they like him, then, uh, then, then, then maybe there's something there. Based on what we saw last year, if I just judge based on that 22 game sample size, I'd be like, oh yeah, this guy's terrible. Uh, you know, well, who, who, you know, uh, my career, your your pro scouting evaluation is terrible. Whoever you guy, whoever, whoever you you have doing that. Um, but anyway, based on based on the guys I talked to, that's why I sort of. Uh, didn't rule uh, uh, mm -hmm. Zetterlin out. I wrote, uh, I think, the only positive story about Zetterlin over the summer. <laughs> I'm trying to look for why the Sharks acquired him, why the Sharks traded sure. for him. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so to see to see what he's doing now um, is, I think, uh, again, a testament to a guy. I'm writing a little bit about it, but he started off on the fourth line this year. He moved his way up. Uh, people always complain when a prospect is put on a fourth line as if that's a death sentence, right? And it's not. Um, whether you get 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes at NHL, if if you are good enough, then in, those are your that's your time to show it. Yep. And a lot of guys don't. 
And a lot of guys have complaints afterwards. Oh, I didn't get enough run. I didn't get enough time. Uh, and obviously, if you give uh, every prospect 20 minutes a night, I mean, sure, I'm sure there's some prospects that could benefit. So I'm not ruling that out. But I think that's too easy excuse that a lot of fans, I think even players themselves use. Oh, I didn't get the time. I didn't get the chance. Um, I think every time you're on the ice, you, you, you get that chance to show something, right? And Zetterlin did that. And so that's why he got himself up to playing with Hurdle. And now he's settled in next to Granlin. And he is, I believe, second on the Sharks in goals. Um, he has more goals than Timo Meyer. <laughs> yeah. And while he, he may not end up being that player, uh, second line, first line player, when the Sharks uh, turn the corner, if, if the Sharks ever do. Uh, he may not be that player. Um, he has definitely improved, right? Leaps and bounds from what we saw last year. Yeah, he's a, a useful player. Um, and that's what I like about the the trade because it wasn't like he's a throwaway anymore. It's not like we are just dependent on Shakir Mukabadulin and Quinton Musty to to buoy that trade. It's like we have an actual NHLer, uh, him and Ohotiak, uh, despite Ohotiak's flaws, um, to to be in our lineup hopefully for the future and he's an rfa after this year i was year. i was told um, uh with zetterlin the scouts told me that they thought that he would be not just a third liner but a good third liner yeah and uh i think we're seeing that that potential easily yeah because of his physical you know the good part is a guy that you win playoff games with that physicality that he has that he plays with his uh you know he's not a he's not a skill guy first right he plays by trying to trying to be strong try to knock people off pucks right he's not like a big hit or anything like that but he's hard to knock off the puck right and yep. so that kind of it's physicality thick. thick right yeah so how much does he bench press right so um so a guy a guy like that who uh can add some scoring touch right um mm-hmm. actually you know what we talked about comps i actually forgot about this one and obviously this guy was a much larger guy than zetterlin but he also had this similar game where he was just big and strong mm. and and uh and he could pop in a clutch goal here and there more than a clutch goal here and there was ruslan fedotenko if you remember remember that guy and oh, yeah. i know he had a one crazy playoff run with tampa i don't think he won the con smite but but, he had uh, uh, he had two goals in the cup final, like the last game of the the game seven, because I I was a small child and I remember <laughs> um, him specific. I wasn't that small. Uh, how old would I have been? Yeah, so so know. this is this is a guy that okay, I'm looking over but, his career, uh, right? Like he he scored. He mostly he had one 30, season when he, when he popped in 26 goals, but that was an aberration. He mostly was like a 15 20 guy. He yeah. did 50, He did uh, uh, over 15. Looks like seven times in his career. Um, and uh let's see and then his his playoff run that's the one that's the one i was curious about because i think he did have one incredible playoff run where oh yeah he had he had 12 goals uh during the 2004 uh final run uh for uh he did uh, all of that with like the biggest shiner on his face because he got smacked into the boards (laughs) i don't remember when it was it was during the playoff run against calgary and he had this huge bruise under his cheek so he was popping at all these goals with this huge bruise under his cheek and i always remember that I'm Bruce excited by this comp that I just thought of. Yeah, I'm that's a really good one. Yeah, <laughs> you said that's a really good one. I think I think um, it is. Yeah. So anyway, he yeah he's a guy that's 15 minutes a night, so he's not going to be a guy that is on your top line. He might be on your second line, or even if he's on your first line, he's a complimentary guy, right? It's you know a line with like Vincent Lecavier and like I don't know who their mm-hmm. top winger was back then, but uh, and Richards and, and, and then, yeah, Benetanko or... as a as as a accompanying kind mm-hmm. of guy, but um, but. 
anyway, so yeah. so so if he ends up being being that, then that's that's an incredibly valuable player. Again, you know, people always uh, always uh, confuse this. Like there are guys who are bottom six players, and there's really good bottom six players. Sure. And so Zetterlin, I think, does have the potential to be that. So, um, so yeah. I anyway. So most improves. Anyway, uh, who who's your guy? That's a yeah. Zetterlin's a great answer. Um, I'm going with William Eklund because I have to mention okay. William Eklund on this show <laughs> somewhere. Um, and it's not it's not for the reason that he's improving in the season per se. It's just that because he's had up and downs um, throughout the year, but it's. It's more just like this season in general was the culmination of a bunch of prior seasons of little bits of improvement from him mm-hmm. that that finally have turned him into a uh, a real NHLer, like not just like a can you know hack it for nine games or eight games or whatever uh, has to go back to Sweden has to go back to the Barracuda. It's like no, he's a consistent NHLer. Um, there is still up and down, and mm-hmm. in terms of his overall play, but there are also times when you get really excited about the plays that he makes the he can he can win you games in certain times and that's what you've always wanted from William Eklund so he gets most improved just because like all of the previous seasons have come up to this one where it's like he's never going to the AHL again he's going to be an NHLer hopefully for a long time with the Sharks hopefully I would just argue with that that I think he could have done this last year with the Sharks. They just held him back for his contract. So <laughs> yes, they did. No, no. So this is most no. improved maybe no. based on last year, I but think, this is this is I don't uh, know. Even last year, I think he had he had still a lot of flaws that he's addressed. Oh um, sure, like sure, his shot sure. specifically is the one that like his his shot out. was I thought pretty good with the Barracuda. I think again that yeah. that that would that would have showed itself uh, here. If they sure. gave him more than what was it eight games or whatever they gave him last eight year, eight games. You got yeah. a couple points. Um, yeah. But I'm giving him because it's a culmination of many seasons. He's and we need to favorite. mention William Eklund at least and once on this episode. Otherwise, no one was in. So. <laughs> so now we can tag it that William Eklund is in the <laughs> Exactly. Season. There it is. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right. Um, next one is our unsung hero. Uh, this is an interesting one. Again, okay. you're going to go because I have to think about it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to keep this one uh, short and sweet. I'm going to go with the Nico Sturm. Uh, I'm mm. sure some of you have heard this stat that, 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 that is out there that the Sharks have not won a game this year without Nico Sturm. It's <laughs> a pretty good unsung hero. <laughs> I think, I think the record is something like. Oh, 15 and two without him or something like that. I'm, I, I, I gotta, I gotta double check what it is, but, um, I wonder if hockey references game log will, will help me, uh, help me do this quickly so uh no. oh they don't they do have wins and losses here 013 so. or something like that or 0 and 12 okay so they are with nico they are nine they have nine wins all nine of their wins and they have uh this is 13 losses uh 14 losses so they are 9 14 and 3 with nico uh okay. which means that they are without nico they are zero uh 14 and yeah zero 14 and zero <laughs> wow <laughs> without without nico sturm and of course we actually talked with nico about this today and you know nico was just like you know of course it's not all me and we we know it's not all all, all yeah. him right so i'm not trying to suggest that but um like i said though uh, with nico in terms of again compete right he is the standard bearer on the sharks that second third effort right never never gives in never gives up um, as much so as anyone you can think of, Couture, um, Benning, 
Ferraro, uh, Cunning, or anybody else you can think of, right? Just that standing standard bearer of compete and effort at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that that this team does sorely uh, sorely need because you're trying out guys again. No offense to Stanika, but he's not there yet, right? He's not there yet uh, physically. He's not there yet, sort of mentally, right? His approach as a player. And so guys like uh, Sturm, I think, are very, very valuable uh, in, in, a, in a rebuild. Um, and so, yeah, so he he is my unsung hero. Honestly, I think I think if I had to do a real answer, I would say also Nico Sturm. Okay. Um, but I will give a, a short, I'm going to say Nico Sturm, my answer, but I will okay. give an, a, a short mention to Jacob McDonald. And only because <laughs> and I want to choose Jacob McDonald for every single one. But if you're looking for an unsung hero, Jacob McDonald is a guy that's in and out of the um, AHL and NHL for eight years, seven years, however long he's been here. He's 30 years old. Um, he's a guy that's played defense and forward. He he injects energy into your lineup. He gives you timely goals. Um, I don't know. It, if you're looking for a guy that's, he's just he he's gonna give it to your his all uh every night so i i, I can't i can't argue with you i mean i think i don't know if i mentioned this stat to you last week or i know i put in an article yeah, that pretty uh, recently yeah yeah that uh he leads i know it's super small sample size and also too he played a lot of forward but yeah he leads the the league actually over heartily when i looked at it last week or whatever or a week and a half ago he he leads the the league in uh defensive uh, uh goals per 60 <laughs> Wow. And here's his, I was looking at his his career. He went from his NCAA at Cornell. Mm -hmm. He had nine points in 31 games as a defenseman, his last season at Cornell immediately went into the ECHL for the Elmira Jazz. Yeah. yeah, He has an interesting career track too, for sure. And now he's just, you know, he's here sometimes when he's not injured, uh, (laughs) ribbit goals and and leading defenseman and goals per time on ice. So (laughs) yeah, actually let me tease something because actually, uh, Josh uh, today talked, uh, came to practice and he talked with McDonald and sure. uh, he's working on something of, uh, about, I don't know if you guys are basketball fans, but uh, they talk uh, about basketball in terms of uh, it becoming positionless, right? Like mm-hmm. in terms of all the players can handle the ball, all the players can play sure. defense, uh, all the players can shoot, right? It's not as sort of like siloed like basketball used to be, like before you had your big centermen who yeah. uh, played defense, uh, uh, you know, protected the rim and had good touch offensively, but only close to the rim. Uh, and then you had your shooters, you know, it was kind of the jobs were siloed, right? Whereas um, basketball these days, you talk about it being less and less like that, right? You have guys like Victor Vendombaya, if I'm saying his name right, Victor Vendombaya, <laughs> I'm not really sure, but. He's really good and he can shoot and he's seven, four mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or Kevin Durant, right? Guys like that or LeBron, right? Like guys who can just do everything out there. And so, uh, so, so uh, Josh talked to, to Jacob and actually David Quinn about whether or not that there was sort of a future in hockey for positionless hockey. Yeah. And five, just five guys. Like we already see on the power play, right? Whereas that's kind of considered positionless, but at five on five, where you have five guys who, are basically good in in every area and can cover for each other. And so there isn't a true uh, defenseman. There isn't a true center sure. and that sort of thing. Right. And so anyway, so, so that's, that's, that's something uh, that I'm really excited about. So speaking of uh, Jacob, that was on a, uh, I think it was on a uh, 32 thoughts as well recently. With oh, was it? Oh, damn. yeah. They talked about a, uh, okay. a positionless 
they, they didn't really say too much, but they were mentioning it, and that the the biggest issue is that forwards have no idea how to defend, and that's kind right. of the like it's it's the, not the the defenders can't play like offense these days because they're actually getting better at that. It's the yeah. reverse it's that forwards have no idea how to to skate backwards and defend properly. David, that was David Quinn's exact answer actually. Was and, it? Uh, <laughs> okay. And and fun fun fact that that's going to inform this article. David Quinn's favorite sport besides hockey is basketball. So yeah. he is, uh, he, he, he has a strong opinion about all, about all of this. So, yeah. And well, actually, I actually, here's it. another tease too. I asked David, uh, if you had to pick one player, past or present, doesn't have to be on your team. Uh, and, and you can clone that guy four times to make a five man mm. unit, uh, mm. out of, out, out of, you know, a positionless five man unit, uh, duplicating the same player over and over again, who would he pick? And mm. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to, I think it's going to be a fun article. So the answer was Jacob McDonald. Boom. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you spoil the article? Huh? I wasn't. Yeah. All right. Most, okay. We're going to go from lighthearted. The most uh, disappointing player. Mm. Oh, this is a good, good time. There's a lot right, of This candidates. is very, very competitive on the shark. Very, Many very candidates. So. Oh man. I, I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm going to say, and there's, again, there's many good candidates and people have been disappointed with this player for a long time. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin LeBanc. Um, I've watched Kevin LeBanc um, for a long time. Kevin LeBanc was one of the guys that when I started doing like looking into players with it as they play in juniors and watching like uh, games of theirs and, and watching, you know, just as they develop in sharks, Kevin LeBanc was one of the guys I was super excited about because mm -hmm. he was ripping up juniors Sure. And he looked like one of the most dominant junior players. And he was the, the years that he played in juniors after he was drafted. Um, and then he had like some good seasons there. Um, highlighted by being on the third line with Joe Thornton, having 56 mm -hmm. points. Right. And then uh, this is, so I watched a lot of Kevin LeBanc, so I'm trying to say. This is the most uninspired and boring and terrible I've ever seen Kevin LeBanc play. Mm -hmm. Not that like he's, he just doesn't I just he doesn't want to play for this team and I just don't want him to play for us anymore. Like that's how bad I don't want him to be here anymore. Is that he just he's out there doing absolutely nothing. Like he'll occasionally, you know, have a rush or two or he'll and he's not like he's lazy at all. It's just he's going through the motions so badly that he's my most disappointing player. I just it's hard to watch, basically. Yeah, I mean I wanna know if I'll go so far as like he doesn't want to uh play for the sh but i i would say though that that just for looks sure, like i have no idea specifically but i would say for sure though that that yes uh, I, I would like to see him somewhere else uh, just for him <laughs> yeah and yeah it's he's not going anywhere here um of course uh and i've talked about this with zetterlin right there's like oh well you know you gotta give him a chance on the power play you gotta move him up uh, he's been moved up he's never got up to to the top six this year but he's been moved up and just nothing has really clicked um, so yeah, I, I love to see him, uh, elsewhere where maybe there's the expectations are lower. He's making a minimum, like minimum. Uh, and then maybe he just is, uh, used like on your power play, uh, as sort yeah. of a specialist. And I could see him actually shining in a role like that. Kind of like how, um, I think Carolina refashioned, uh, a nascent, right. Uh, mm -hmm. into a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a, a power play specialist and, so I think something like that he he can be he can be effective in and flourish and and be and be happy. 
Um, it is tough uh, watching him now, um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think uh, your uh, your your choice is a uh, is a pretty uh, pretty fair choice. So yeah, I can't I can't really argue with it. But anyway, Nason, twelve minutes a night uh, mm-hmm. uh, overall, um, which is eleventh uh, on, on on a Hurricanes, but he averages uh, it looks like second power play unit numbers. And, uh, so, so, so yeah, so maybe that's a model for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for LeBanc and yeah, Nason is on a 20 goal pace, uh, scored 13 last year in 78 games. And so, yeah. So I think he just, it's not all like, man, it's not all on Kevin LeBanc. It's just the way that he, he's come up with the sharks. It's, it's kind of ground all of the creativity out of his game, all of the, the fun, out of his game because he had to, to be like an NHLer and that the NHLer that we've got at 28 years old now, it just sucks. <laughs> and that's to be honest with he's you. not playing. Like, well, yeah. So yeah. I, and, I, and, I can't really speak up to, I know he's trying sucks out there. Is the bad, yeah, sucks but, is a bad way to put yeah, it, but it's just not playing well. So I want him somewhere else to give him another shot to, to maybe have a little bit more. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me again, if you put him in the right role that I, I can, I can see him taking off. And like you mentioned, uh, I think uninspired is, is a uh, probably should have mm-hmm. stuck with that. That's probably better than that sucks. So uninspired. Sorry, yeah. I think Kevin I think can I can come on and yell at me. It's fine. <laughs> I think that's, I think that, that that's fair though. Um, so yeah. yeah, I, I can't, I can't really, uh, can't really just dis- discount it. Um, so yeah. Do you have anybody else you want to use for this? Oh yeah, I'm award? sorry. Yeah, there's so many choices. That's <laughs> yeah, a prestigious award. But but your your choice is, is an excellent one. But uh, my choice is uh, Duclair, and mm-hmm. I think with Duclair, uh, what's been disappointing is just that there was more expected of him. I think uh, uh, more hope at least. Now, granted, uh, he's coming off of he last year's coming off of Achilles, and. Um, and uh and so last year wasn't uh, wasn't a great year for him but a year before obviously he scored 31 goals and there was a thought that he's going to get a ton of opportunity with the sharks and uh, he's he's going to get to play with the, their best players which he has uh, been consistently uh gotten that chance and it just hasn't um <clears throat> it just hasn't translated into into uh in into uh the kind of uh i think production uh that that uh that that uh, that we're hoping and um, I think he still you know provides a positive uh, presence in the locker room. There's a lot to talk about that a month or, or so ago, right? Um, but um, yeah, to see him get scratched uh, basically for effort, uh, that obviously is disappointed, and I don't think that's a move that that uh, that that Quinn made lightly. Um, I think he has bounced back from that a little bit, uh, but still, it's just not something is not quite. Maybe it's just because the team is bad. Maybe the losing is getting on him. Uh, dragging him down a little bit, uh, maybe because even though he has decent line mates, uh, actually a really good line mate in Granlin and a developing but pretty good one in Zetterlin, that uh, but somehow maybe because the team isn't good overall around him, that the chances aren't in the volume that he's had in the past and that sort of thing, right? So there's a lot of sort of excuses and 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 whatnot, right? But the point is that I think that more was expected of him and that hasn't quite happened. Um, and besides, you know, a nice, like one, two week stretch there, right. When they're in the East coast. Um, but uh, besides that though, I think his, uh, his play has been, um, less than it was before. Uh, and again, it could be, again, uh, he had that serious injury and I'm not sure if he's fully back from that. I remember I talked to a couple of scouts in the summer. One told me, yes, he thought he was back. The other scout was like, no, I don't think so. Um, so 
Yeah. Anyway, and so it, that might be more the reality that not that he's like not trying or whatever, but just that 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 his game isn't isn't back from a very very serious injury. That's a good answer, just because there was a lot more expected from Duclair um, than there was from from Kevin. So yeah, they're both, um, and there's so many good answers on this roster. So I, you know, let, let's be, let's be on. Let, let's talk about it, just because we, I don't want to single out two guys on this team that. Uh, true that uh um, like like Hoffman right even though Hoffman is scoring at at the rate that he has scored the last couple of seasons about 15 goals of course so you look at his past before that when he was a 30 goal guy and you're hoping for that um I like a lot of Zadina's game but Zadina hasn't quite um sure I think likes the Nico we talked about I talked a lot about this with 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 Zadina that uh he has to change his game I think he has to think in a different way as a player and he has the tools to be very effective but uh he's got to change 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 how he thinks uh Luke Cunning who I like a lot as a player but obviously you need more production out of him and um yeah, uh, and Barabanov so there, too. Barabanov yeah. is a huge one. There's no question. Yeah. Barabanov, you thought was going to be a stable 50 point guy, 40 point guy, even if it's on a bad team, but you thought he was going to be stable. That hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, a lot. <laughs> that's 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 a lot. I think everybody else is about where he expected or maybe better. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the guys I mentioned are all the veteran guys that have a track record and, sure. and you just really expected a more uh, from them. And, um, and yeah, you Vlasic's haven't... been pretty terrible. Well, Vlasic's but... different. I, I don't bucket Vlasic with those guys because look, Vlasic's 36 and I, I've talked about this. I don't buy that. He doesn't care to fire that he just is 36. And He's, last year yeah. he had a little bit of a bounce back, but it wasn't like last year he was, he didn't have like an Eric Carlson like bounce back where clearly sure. all these years it was in Eric. It's just that his hmm. body wasn't cooperating or something, right? It's not in Vlasic anymore. It's not a fire thing. It's just uh he's 36. Like people need to get that through his head. It's not his con it's not his fault that he signed that contract. Anyone of us would have signed it. And then his body his body just didn't cooperate with the life of this contract. That that's what happens, right? To all yep. athletes, right? Um, you need to so find yeah. a way to to figure out the contract in the next two years, but yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll need to at some point. Um, I gotta say too, I you know he's, he's a great story, but uh, obviously with Kanijov, they signed him to a two year contract, so sure. I think that they they were hoping for for more. Now I'm just uh, going after. I'm looking at the 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 hockey reference, uh, the, the 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 stat uh, the 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 season stats so many disappointments i mean i i was hoping for more from bordelo uh uh, i I was hoping for a little bit more of a leap um so anyway (laughs) so i I don't want anyone to feel excluded in this right i don't want i don't want uh, kevin or um or 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 duke to think that we are we are singling them out it's been a it's been a team full of disappointments that is why they are 928 and three so yeah I, I apologize again. <laughs> I'm not apologizing, but it's it's the facts. But uh, yeah. if, if you weren't named, then good job if you weren't named. So excellent, or you got a you got a positive uh, midseason or a award. lukewarm uh, lukewarm. Or you can we'll talk about a breakout shark in a second. Maybe you'll sure. be one of them. But, all right, next sure. uh, next award to get off the sadness, uh, a sleeper prospect for the sharks, somebody that. Um, maybe isn't will smith um that you think uh might have an impact on the future sharks team well i think Mm. the clear one i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the i'm gonna take the easy one from you i know that you 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 have a better one anyway a deeper a deeper cut than than me is gonna be furlong uh i don't think anyone saw him uh uh not only making team canada but also excelling for team canada 
And uh, I, I'll give one tease out just because I, I took the easy one that um, one of the scouts told me the, uh, the words were better than than Lindstrom. <laughs> better than <Really>? Eric Carlson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. Better than Nicholas Lindstrom. <laughs> better than Nicholas Lindstrom now or <laughs> yeah, years right? ago? That's a good question. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the, the, the word is uh, for him, savvy. That's that's what he used with mm. Furlong. Okay. And he says, uh, again, you know, it's, he's a scout, so he's going to be cautious in his praise. Uh, could overachieve and make it. And but uh, savvy it. was a word that that I I liked, and mm -hmm. so um, yeah, so I've been hearing good things about Furlong for a couple of years now. Uh, if you guys remember uh, one of my top ten lists, I think the midseason top ten list last year before uh, the Mukumadulin and Thrun trades, I uh, had Furlong as a fringe top ten guy, and sure. that's that's why I keep hearing stuff like that. And so even though he doesn't pop out to you uh, physically, right? Like mm -hmm. even at dev camps, right? It doesn't look like he's doing a, like a, like a ton, uh, rookie face off, right? He's not, he's not jumping out, but of course defense are, are more subtle. Uh, yep. they, they don't, they don't jump out like forwards do even like bottom six forwards will jump out more than a, more than a future, like middle pairing, bottom pairing, uh, uh, defenseman. Right. And so, um, anyway, though, so, but I keep hearing good things about him. So I trust the people that I, I uh, I uh, I hear these things from, and uh, Jake uh, has shown uh, uh, showed uh, at the World Juniors uh, why people uh, people are uh, talking him up. Um, even this though is a, you know, a callback to our first yeah. ever San Jose Hockey Now podcast, the reboot uh, with Todd Marchant, who also mentioned Jake for a yep. long by name. Um, so and. The things that I, I look at with Jake Furlong that he does really well is he boxes out really well. Um, he lifts sticks really well. He plays defensively uh, smart. And he mm -hmm. also, like, he cuts off attackers really well. So, like, when people are coming at him, he just just keep backing up and waiting for the play to happen. He goes at defender or attackers, and, and he, he angles really smartly. Stuff that, like, modern-day NHLers do. Um, where they don't just keep skating backwards and, and wait for the play to develop. They they attack and they try and cut off angles, and and, and he does that pretty well for right now. Um, again, he's not going to put up your, you know, tons and tons of points, but if you get your, uh, to, to get another Jake in there, if you get your Jake Middleton out of Jake mm -hmm. Furlong, it's a really good player. Um, I mean, it sounds so. like he plays really, like, I know it's a cliche, but he plays defense the right way. It's just a exactly. question of, if the body will uh, develop, right, the skating yeah. and and the physicality, uh, the size will will develop, the strength will develop uh, with uh, his uh, his savvy kind of uh, mm -hmm. defensive play. Yeah, if you watch, like, just when um, like when Jake uh, when Furlong's in the defensive zone and, and like he's waiting for a point shot to happen, he's always putting his stick underneath the the guy in front stick and lifting it up like immediately. Mm -hmm. He does it so quickly and so like. Uh, just thinking ahead of where the play is going to happen that I just smart stuff. Savvy. It's a good word. <laughs> I like that scout. Whoever that scout is, it's a good scout. Um, a savvy scout. If, uh, a savvy scout. If I, I like may that. say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That's our, Oh, I didn't name my sleeper. Oh my God. Yes. I do love Jake for long. Um, and there's a couple answers here, right? Eric Polkamp yep. had a, a, a really surprising yep. year. Um, uh, let's not forget Cam Lund, who is sort of the forgotten, Second round yeah. pick, right? Even though he's a high pick, like I think people are kind of forgotten, like that. Yeah. Uh, that the sharks slide him quite a, quite a bit, and uh, he's got a bit of talent. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a sleeper for sure because there's like the other guy in college, Will Smith, is kind of eating all the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, and then the other guy, second round, like Havley, they get to play in a role of exactly. juniors, right? So yeah, so um, I'm gonna go with Ethan Cardwell, good although choice. Shakir Mukabdulin is, is still a good one, but he's not really a sleeper. Everybody knows Mukabdulin. <laughs> uh, Ethan Cardwell, he's um he's one of the leading scorers for the Barracuda. I think he's got like 19 points in 30 games. This is his first pro year after spending a couple years in juniors. Um. He, as well as one of these guys that plays um, a projectable game overall. He's got a bit of skill. He's got um, decent skating. Um, he he thinks the game well, and he forechecks aggressively. And that sometimes is all you need, is if you have a motor that doesn't quit, and you have enough skill and enough skating, you can make it in the NHL. So he's a guy that, like, because he is producing right away. Because there's guys that, and he's not producing amazing, but he's producing enough. Guys like Ko and... Weisblatt and and um, even like Raska, all these guys that don't put up any points in the AHL, it doesn't bode well for their ability to translate to the NHL, even if they were higher picks than than Cardwell or whatever. Um, so because he's able to hit the ground running and he is looking comfortable in the AHL right now, I think there's enough to work with that he could he could really make it into the the NHL eventually. As it depends on what role, but and I'm not going to say that he's going to be like a first line forward, right? It's just like yeah. Enough that he, where he was selected that he could make. The yeah, NHL wasn't right he now. like selected in the fourth? I, I believe right. He's a fourth rounder. He was an overager yeah, when yeah, he was yeah. selected as well. Right, so. right, right, right. Uh, I, I is he strong enough and fast enough yet? I mean, that's when I watch. Those are my my main concerns. Not yet. Not yet. Not yeah, yet. not yet. He's not big either. He's only like five ten, five eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's bigger yeah. than Gushin and Bordalo, but um, no, he needs more time for sure. It's just yeah. it's good that he's already producing right now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his absolutely. game isn't just like. Um, I don't know, junior-esque, I think. No, I liked him. Actually, uh, I, I didn't mention this, but uh, and I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but as you guys know, it's been a really kind of like a, a tough year for me personally. I haven't been able to watch a Barracuda live. I haven't gone to a Barracuda game live until uh, last week, which mm-hmm. I really, I really ashamed to admit it because I just, uh, I, 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 I make it, I make it a point to watch like, uh, I don't, I don't know if the years that I was covering the Sharks, uh, I don't know if there was a writer that was at more of the, the Barracuda games at SAP Center. You <laughs> used to do those double headers and stuff, so it was really easy mm-hmm. to do to do both. And then that was before I, I, I got a dog, and <laughs> also obviously, yeah, uh, everything with, uh, with, uh, with uh, my father-in-law and and yeah. my wife. But so I haven't been able to get 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 to any games live. I've watched them on TV, but like uh, or on mm-hmm. HL Live, HL TV, whatever they call it. But uh, but um, watching live though, yeah, Cardwell is definitely a, a guy who who stood out in in a, in a positive way. Not like he was amazing, but like yeah, I noticed him. I I didn't need to know his numbers. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that's my sleeper is a guy. Yeah, that, that that's good for a first a... year guy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a, a slightly different one. It's most surprising prospect. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, well, I'm going to go, uh, you can go, uh, this, this can go positive or negative. So I'm going to have a surprising choice here because usually when people talk about most surprising, they talk about positive, right? I'm going to say though, in a negative way though, that Beastead, uh, is, is disappointing overall because, uh, sure. um, just, uh, just all, all, all the, all the tools that, that he has, um, I was looking for, uh, especially in the gold medal game, I don't want to pit it all in one game, but it seems to be a, con- a connected to his uh, his SHL play this year, right? Which has also been a step back from last year. Um, mm-hmm. But just that kind of assertiveness, 
just that kind of you know take over uh with uh with with kind of your tools right um and so yeah like and that could doesn't mean just to skill you know skill up people because it maybe doesn't have quite enough skill for that but man you know in a world juniors a guy was six four and can move like him like you can dominate physically at least and not again that doesn't mean running people through the boards or whatever right but like just uh, being 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 hard on the puck and things like that right and so yeah so i i i i think that uh and this is uh also when i say most uh or surprising but just sort of like that it's been disappointing it's just that there was so much expected i think of him after yep. last year right and that yeah like uh uh he had uh, uh broken his way into like the top like i think there was an argument before the trade for move medulin that he was the shark's second best prospect he definitely moved ahead of bordolo for sure Right. And Bortolo yeah. was sort of the de facto number two for a really long time after Eklund. Right. And so, yeah. So to, to see, um, I guess, uh, a, a guy that had been at such an upward and kind of not, not to say he had to continue exactly, but doesn't feel like it's going upward now. Exactly. Now there's a little bit of a dip and not a huge dip. You know, he's still, he's still on a silver, uh, a silver medal winning a uh, world juniors team. Right. But uh, he's got to he's got to bounce back with something, right? Uh, uh, whether it be at this season or in the playoffs or 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 whatever, because right now it's a uh, uh, yeah, I was hoping for more out of him for sure. And so yeah, very fair assessment. It was it was trending in the direction of because of his size and his position and everything. You're you're thinking this is like your middle six center or yeah, second yeah, line yeah. center after last year and then this year none of the offenses really panned out and and it, it i don't know he's just not uh, aggressive enough offensively i think is, is a way to put it and i don't know if if that's really going to start to develop hopefully it does but you're right and, I, and again you know continue yeah like sorry to interrupt but we talk about like guys like Sturm, right like i'm not a guy i don't care about the, okay so you're not producing offensively okay are you doing other stuff out there sure and so that's that's where I think he'll have to figure that out at some point. Not not yet. He's young, right? But at some point, yeah. if the offense isn't there, that's fine. But you can still be a very valuable, effective I think he, NHL player. I think player. he is. I so, mean, he yeah. he can transition the puck well, and he has um, he's enough defensive smarts. I think he he can develop into sure. that role. It's just you really wanted it to be like the steal, where it's everything kind of comes together, and there's a lot more offense to him. Sure. So that's a good that's a good pick for for surprising. I'm going to go positive and go with mm-hmm. Eric Polkamp um, as a surprising prospect. Um, first, um, like Eric Polkamp was um, drafted as an overager, um, and he I think he won like USHL Defenseman of the Year, but again he was an overager. Um, he was going to college at Bemidji State, which is not a well known college. Um, the Bemidji and- State Beavers. The Bemidji State Beavers, and the guy makes the gold medal USA World Junior team, and he shows out in the World Junior Summer Showcase so well that everybody kind of notices that there's something there with this player. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him, it yeah, like it stuck out to me in the same way. Like it was, he's aggressive, he's he defends well enough, he's got a killer shot, and he he he's looks like a guy who's gonna put the work in, and I really like that in a prospect. So I'm going with most surprising is Eric Polkamp. Okay. Uh, cause just cause I didn't like when they made that pick, I was like, I know who that is, but it, it's not like, I, <laughs> it's not like the most, uh, I, I just didn't think that that was going to be the, 
the pick there. But it took me a, it took me at least like a month or two months to to stop spelling his name uh, E R I K because the Sharks yeah. I think we're in the middle of Eric Carlson trade rumors. <laughs> e R I K Polk. <laughs> so, so I kept I kept typing his name out uh, E R I K Polk. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Anybody that can get me to watch a Bemidji State Beavers game. That's surprising. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm really excited for, for his continued college career and where he goes with this because he yeah. does have some tools that are interesting um, and right. a killer shot. So, Guys, thank you for, for hanging on for, for so long. We just have two more categories. There are some uh, fun ones. We have a breakout second half shark, and we're going to predict the trade. So just so you guys know, yeah, that. We're getting there. Yeah. Award right. show, it's not going to last forever like some, some award shows. Yeah. <laughs> All right, breakout second half shark. These are predictions more than they are awards. Yes, um, that's why they're yes. at the end here. Oh man, uh, you you should go first because I still have to think about this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I actually didn't know my my answer, uh, but I'm gonna uh, maybe it's a little on brand uh, or or sure. not, but I'm gonna say Ferraro. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I with have, the Ferraro. I have liked his puck moving enough over the last couple of months that I'm and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but if this is for real, if what we've seen, and again, if you're uh, like, for, if you can't acknowledge that, like he is doing a lot better with, with that over the last couple of months, he's doing kind of what I think Sharks fans always hoped he could do since, uh, you know, since he came up. Um, I think he's been doing that over the last couple of months. I mean, not every decision is great. Obviously it's not always going to be, I know people are going to bring up the, the, the turnover in Vancouver that led to a goal. Right. But by and large, though, most of his offensive decisions, like there's there's a lot of good in it. And it's um never gonna be a lead offensive defenseman, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh end of the season, uh, well, I don't know if he'll still be with the sharks, but let's say uh uh let's say he gets to what's his career high in points? Maybe he sets a career high. Is that is maybe that's not saying anything? Let me see. Oh, it already. is it is saying something. His career high is 17 in 2021. Oh, he's at 12 so. now, right? Yeah, he's at 11, 11. Now, I think. Yeah. yeah, he's at 11 right now. Um, so I'm going to say then that, yeah, he gets to 20 points, 20, maybe 25 even. So, but I'll just, I'll keep it conservative for myself. Uh, I'll keep, keep it at, at 20. But I, I, overall, it's not even just about the points. So it's just that he keeps showing sort of the improved offensive game. That, sure. that, that's, a, that's a real thing of his now. And his defense stays this, you know, about the same, right? Which is uh, there's good and bad with it, right? Like I, I always say, he's a very good one-on-one defender. He does get, he does get lost in the team, uh, team kind of what he should be, who he should be covering. But on a bad team, I think that's challenging. I don't blame him that yeah. much for that. But anyway, so uh, two other guys I thought about. I'm just going to throw out shouts to them. Is that um, I did predict Zadina as a 20 goal candidate at the beginning of the season. He's not going to make that because yeah, he's got to score a lot of goals to, to get to 20. Uh, but I really do like pieces of his game, which I wrote about a couple weeks ago. I just think sure. he really needs that mental shift, which I don't know if he's quite there yet. Uh, if he does get there, then uh, I, I think that he can be a very effective, like third line type player. Um, and then the the last guy, uh, and I don't know if I'm picking all your guys. I just want to mention, actually, uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead because you you might have picked this guy. So uh, so I'll Ooh, mention it after you go. Wait, who's the last guy? Oh, you want me to say it then? Okay, I yeah. didn't want to take your guy. Okay, uh, so uh, I, it could be Thrun. 
I, I I've liked what I've seen out of Thrun the last uh, half dozen games or so. There was sure. a stretch there uh, at the beginning of this losing streak that I wrote about, at least in my game notes, that he was making some really poor puck decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that if the Sharks hadn't gotten injured or whatever, that he might have uh, either been sent down or sat a game or two. But they kept they kept yeah. going with him. And what I like is that they kept going with him, but he wasn't overwhelmed. He got better. True. And I think by and large, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the Toronto game was uh, uh, bad by everybody. But by and large, his his play has has stood out to me the last five or so games or whatnot. And it's the kind of the the thrun um, that I thought uh, would would break camp with the Sharks and be so good that that I, they couldn't send them down. And I think we're seeing that the last uh, more or less the last few games or so. And so. Um, so yeah, I, I think in order of, of of I think I was kind of between Ferraro and Thrun for my 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 second half breakout. Um Zadina is sort of like I like his pieces, but it's been so long that he still kind of has the same sort of uh um I don't know, uh uh mental blocks on the ice that that he's, he had back in Detroit, so I'm not so 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 convinced on on, on him. But uh, for Farrell to do what he's doing, the level of competition that he's facing, even if it's just been for you know six weeks, two months, or whatever, right? I mean, I think that is that that, that is something that is worth uh, uh, recognizing. Um, yeah. And uh, Thrun, yeah. So so those 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 are those are my uh, my my guys. All right, I'm gonna pick three then. You okay. Three. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to pick um, three. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ryan Carpenter. Uh, A breakout. Just- I, like I just think that it would make just a ton of sense that if for some reason he just gets hot and oh, okay. puts up like like 10, 15 points somehow in the second half or something like that. And okay, um, because it's happened with him before. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, yeah, when 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 the Sharks uh, waved him and he went to Vegas and he, I remember because I was covering him and people were talking him up and I was like, well, look at his track record. I don't know about that, but yeah. anyway, he had uh, the expansion year. Uh, he had 14 points in 36 games uh, during the Vegas expansion year. Nine goals in 36 games. That's not bad at all. Uh, yeah. That's almost his best offensive production ever. So, but he did it once, I guess. So maybe not yeah. twice, but he did it once. So. So a breakout candidate that might, you know, he'll probably get waived in a month and I'll be wrong. But <laughs> I think um, I don't no, think yeah, Sharks can afford to wave him to be honest. True. Yeah, I think he's but... one of their their few forwards. Um, yeah, a few center. I, yeah, yeah. Um, my second one, and, and this is going to be tough because he did mm-hmm. not have a good game yesterday. Uh, is Ty Emerson? Okay. Um, I know you love Ty, so yeah. I do love Ty. Uh, he he came back from injury, and um, I I liked a lot of what I saw. Uh, in the Winnipeg game, I think there was a lot of smart reads defensively. Mm-hmm. He was uh, aggressive and and picking off uh, passing lanes. He made smart decisions to try and break out the puck most of the time. Um, and then it kind of, I feel like the Toronto game, like his confidence just like looked horrible. Like he mm-hmm. he looked scared when he was trying to to break the puck out. He looked scared when he was trying to complete like dangerous passes and. I don't know. And then also defensively, he, he looked a little bit lost and was just trying to do just trying to make the too simple of a play that that Toronto was just kind of like running circles around him. So it, it's tough. I think he's he's still a young guy, yeah. a young defenseman, but he has enough traits there. And, he, and I like his skating and his mobility enough that and I've seen good defending from him 
that I think that it's possible that he could be a breakout candidate. It's just okay. he had a really I rough a, game. I think that's a, that's a good one for uh, for sure. I, I will really say too it around. that uh, before he got injured uh, uh, in New York, uh, that um, I think Quinn has said that like he thinks that that time he got hurt. And I don't think this is it's faint praise because the Sharks aren't very good, very deep defensively. But I think yeah. he meant it when he said that Emerson was. At that point, he thought that he was playing like the second best defenseman on the Sharks after uh, Ferraro, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I I I think Quinn did mean that, and so I think that's yeah. that's a, that's a good that's a good that's a good choice. Hope he resets his brain a little bit. Was, was yeah, rough. I'm sure he will. That's sort of the the Thrun thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, reason why Thrun is on his list is because I saw and I I thought that Thrun had that maturity. I've always I've talked a lot about the maturity yeah. difference between a Thrun and I think a Mook Madulin, and sure. that's part of what I saw with Thrun that I thought that he would be able to kind of uh, not internalize his bad games too much and come back from it. And looks like Thrun has, and maybe Emerson has that in him too. So we'll see. And also, Jacob McDonald is our th- no. <laughs> it's our last breakout. Ca- no, it's I'm going to choose it, Capo. Well, he's scoring at this rate. That's going to be crazy. So yeah, he might yeah. score 20 goals if he gets healthy. Nah. <laughs> My real one is is Capo Kakinen. I think okay. um, Ooh, he's going to okay. go on a little bit of a goalie run. Whatever goalie. I mean, run he's is. been on a nice run in December. So yeah, so I think he's going to kind of just take off until he's no longer a shark in February. Um, <laughs> but he's the breakout second half the shark. Classic gonna... play, play, play your way out of out of last place. Play your way out of San Jose. Yeah, good for you just like Timo last year so exactly that's gonna be capo um good on him um and we'll get to whatever we get uh speaking of uh predicting trades uh let's predict the trade let's yes. let's start here what, what do you want to what do you want to predict Shane? well uh speaking of uh of capo uh, I have him uh going for a third round pick basically mm-hmm. um and I landed on a third uh first because I think the second is a little too premium for uh for a, a UFA guy who, uh, like uh, Elliot mentioned, and it's we can see it. Just we don't know what he's going to do as a starter or in the playoffs. We really have no idea. But I think for a team that's looking for really good insurance and a guy who has the talent uh, potential to to be uh, to be good at a higher level competition, uh, Kapo mm-hmm. is a pretty good a pretty good a pretty good choice. And again, because it's UFA, if he doesn't work out, then you just you just uh, wash your hands of it. And the third round pick is like the sort of the um, the the new tradable high pick. You know, I think second <laughs> round is considered premium, too premium to to trade away unless you really really like a guy and you really think this guy is going to be your starter. Uh, sure. Whereas the third is a little more uh, kind of uh, in between, uh, where it's good enough to entice the sharks. But it's not good enough that he, that the team that's trading that pick feels like, oh, this is too much, or this guy better be really good, or uh, or like I'm gonna lose my job or something like that. Um, and so yeah, so 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 Koppel is my second. I uh, we pulled up uh, actually some comps. So let me, I don't know yeah. why I, I deleted. Oh, here you go. Okay, so so here's some comps for a third. These aren't all deadline deals, so I know that deadline makes teams a little crazier. Still don't think it would fight sure. a second unless he goes on that incredible run that you're talking about. <laughs> but um, so it, during the summer, um, Vancouver uh, uh, acquired uh, Casey the Smith. Uh, a little more expensive, or I'm sorry, Koppel's a little more expensive. Uh, Casey's at a uh, 1.8. Uh, but he is also going to be a free agent at UFA at the end of this year. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Montreal got a third round pick and they took on uh, Tanner Pearson's contract. And I think you had a pretty good suggested trade in terms of uh, the Sharks uh, taking maybe Sam- uh, Samson off, off of Toronto's hands, right? 
And uh, also a guy that's expiring, but yeah, take the money off and then you get a nicer pick in, in exchange. Right. So, uh, so, so that's, that's, that's one, that's one comp that's uh, in the same range. Uh, another comp uh, in the, in the range of uh, was uh, I go back. Okay. Billy Huso. That's a summer trade of a couple of years ago. But uh, St. Louis at Bennington, they didn't have space for Huso. Detroit saw him as, yeah, this guy maybe can't start for us. They weren't, I don't know if they were sure about that, but they, they liked him enough. And there mm-hmm. wasn't a huge interest in Huso, I imagine. And so they got a third for him. And so that that could be around that area. And we had saw one more that I think was just about right for uh, for uh, for uh, for Koppel uh, from, uh, I think, three years ago. Uh, was it the Riddick one? Which one? Oh yeah, Riddick one. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, uh, Riddick. Thank you. Yeah, Riddick uh, uh, going from Calgary to Toronto for uh, for a third round pick, I believe. And you know, Riddick uh, just the Leafs just needed a good insurance net miner, right? Uh, back uh, back then, I think uh, uh, one of their two uh, kind of one A one B guys was hurt, Campbell or um, or Anderson. And mm-hmm. so yeah, so so they traded for for Riddick at the deadline. Again, prices are a little crazy at the deadline. Koppel has a better resume than Riddick. Uh, Riddick, I think, was purely a backup, a good one, but purely a backup in Calgary. Um, so, so yeah, so so I think a third is is going to be a, about right. And so anyway, that's that's my prediction. Um, I think that I do think that internally, I would I don't know this for a fact, but internally, that Blackwood is a little ahead of of, of Koppel in terms of they had to pick one or the other, like if you make this exact same offer for Blackwood as you would uh, Kakinen. And again, you know, it goes back to what I said that, uh, that Mike Rear acquired Blackwood. Uh, he did not acquire a uh, couple. Yep. I, it's going to, it's going to happen. Like now that we've talked about it, it just makes too much sense. Yeah. Um, mine, I'm going to predict very granularly. Okay. Uh, Alexander Barabanov is going to get traded okay. to the Boston Bruins for oh, wow. a, okay, fifth, a, a, a fifth round pick a and fifth. a sixth okay. round pick. Okay. For, and also Jason Magna, who is playing in the Providence Bruins. <laughs> okay. That's well, the that's detailed. <laughs> it's the fifth, a sixth, and Jason Magna coming back to the Sharks for Alexander Barabanov. Why, why, why do they need Magna? Is it a swap of contracts? Does Magna it's a, have it's a contract, contract swap? Thing. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's an NHL okay. contract thing. And then the other, the reason for Boston is Boston's like bottom six is so bereft. That's a good word. That's an SAT mm-hmm. word, if it's the right word, of um, scores. It's mm-hmm. just, it's bad. Um, like they have Matthew Protras as their third line center, which is great. He's doing fine for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and their fourth line is like Jakob Lauko. Oscar Steen, Jesper Volquist, um, Johnny Beecher, and a bunch of guys. Nobody can score a point, is basically what it is. And Trent mm-hmm. Frederick, who's actually doing pretty well. But I think like they could use another scorer um, in their bottom six. Okay. That's kind of my answer. And also, okay. I just think it would be, I don't know, it just feels right to me. Barabanov's going to go uh, to the Bruins. They have enough face punchers, and they need like one little finesse skill guy. They're going to add Barabanov. Boy, uh, a fifth and six is a far reach from the people telling second. me that that he was gonna get a, a first or a second, which I yeah, and I've I wanted to say like a long f- time. I wanted to say like a fourth, and it's possible that he gets like a fourth, but he he really has not played well enough to to deserve more than uh, a couple late round picks or so. Or maybe a fourth. you're not predicting that that in uh, the next month or so that he picks up his game a, a bit. Maybe I mean he's. Okay. he's 
what, seven points in 20 games. Eh. I don't know. I don't think he's going to pick it up to the to the level that uh, he might get like a high pick or whatever. I don't think mm-hmm. that's possible. It's because teams also now know, again, the NHL GM's value, that consistency thing. Right, they, right. They now know that he's had this, he he's pretty much a late bloomer anyways, and now he's had a down year in this late blooming. Like, is he going to help you? Maybe, but. Yeah, my, my, my question with all that, though, is um, uh, I Mike, I always question, and that's why I always, uh, despite his production, I always uh, uh, question what he would get on a trade uh, in, in a market. And, uh, of course, like I, I've mentioned many times, the, the scouts I talk to, right, they're not sold on him in terms of uh, that's a play driver. That's a guy that can drive a line, right? And that's why when I talked with them, they always said, eh, maybe a third. I mean, this is when he was being at his most productive, right? Yeah. And you put him, if you're Boston and you and you acquire him to be on your third line and those are his line mates, right? Like, is he going to, you know, how much offense is he is he going to contribute there? I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, so yeah. anyway, that, that's, that's what I wonder. Uh, but anyway, we are kind of seeing this now, though, that I think we are seeing this now, um, that when he's away from a hurdle, uh, there's not, uh, you know, there's some nice plays here and there, but there's, there hasn't been a lot of offense and maybe I'll turn around. Right. But like, sure. Um, but right now though, yeah, we're seeing a, a guy that's not driving a line. So, yeah. And that was always the kind of thing too. It's never, it was that they never had like a, a standout skill other than he's a smart player and he, uh, he's good at transition. He protects the, the puck. Well, yeah. um, you know, he's got some, some crafty moves when he enters the zone. He's, I'm not saying that he's, he's all like, he's all made by hurdle or whatever. Right. I'm not suggesting that, but is there enough when he's a, away from your very best players that yeah. he's doing enough on a night to night basis to drive offense and drive positive play? um to keep him in the lineup right and i don't know on a good team if, if that's if, if that's uh certainty yeah, you know was, we've seen was, that he's a decent complimentary player but yeah i think there was a time when barabanov should have been traded and i think they they passed that window um so it's gonna well be- i i would say the argument i would say for them there is again i'm not convinced that there was some like great off there would be sure. better than now obviously but but yeah. I think again, if you were thinking, oh, a second for sure, a first possibly, dreaming, you're dreaming. Uh, you know, again, I've taught say this yeah. so many times. Offensive, one-dimensional wingers, they are they don't get a lot. Um so that yeah. that's the case. You know, if so he, maybe if he was a center, then it might make a difference, but he's not. So now he's getting a fifth, a sixth, and Jason. <laughs> not even Jacob. <laughs> no, it's Jason Magna. <laughs> He's looked good on the Providence Bruins. <laughs> He's looked yeah, I right. can help out the Barracuda playoff run, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's a, just a contract swap. Like, I just had to pick a, a team with a weak bottom six, and I picked Boston. Okay. And I mean, you could pick a, a few teams that are kind of top-heavy, but... Well, um, that's that's a good team team to, to, to pick, though, because the, the Sharks have guys that maybe can help, like a Duclair could help, right, maybe on a, sure. on a better team, uh, less expected of him. Maybe maybe he could uh, he, he could find yeah. his game, right? We talk about Cunning, right? Having those attributes that 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 uh, that that playoff teams like, even if he's not producing mm-hmm. a lot. So those are a couple guys, and, and you know, in Declare's uh, sort of defense or to add to his value too. Declare's done it before too, obviously. Last year with Florida, uh, being a, a big part of, of a team that went to the went to the yeah. final. So you know, maybe he's a guy that's, that just needs a, um, a different surroundings, right, to get to get him going. So sure. 
or maybe yeah maybe Barabanov finds a, a line mate like higher in the lineup and that's how you can remove a top six winger and put him in your third line that would actually do well there sure as you insert Barabanov in there and on your second line and try and build some depth that way but sure like hurdle <laughs> Exactly. If you had a hurdle, which, you know, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Any other, any other last minute trades? Um, at this rate, maybe not because uh, the way this team is producing and, uh, yeah. Capital, yeah. Oh, I mean, Duclair, Hoffman, LeBanc are all UFAs. Um, yeah, it, we'll have to see what we can get. I imagine it's going to be some draft picks, but I don't think they're going to be very high. The overall. one you you pointed out earlier that I've talked about too is I wonder if there's a market for Granlin yeah. um, because the Granlin that we've seen since uh, since uh, no, mid-November, there should be a market for a guy like that because that that guy is uh, easy to see, I think, and he's making $5 million. That's not bad at all. And again... Uh, not to be uh, not not to be a Ron Hextall apologist, but uh, there's a reason why uh, uh, Ron Hextall traded a second for him because sure. that's this is the Grandland that I think he he must have seen uh, that he hoped uh, that he could add to the Penguins and obviously trade him back to trade him back to the Penguins. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious! <laughs> that'd be hilarious! Get oh my god, fans would be yeah. so mad. Um, no. Actually. I can tease this. I'm pretty sure I'm writing a Gremlin story now about uh, some of his uh, excellent plates. Taking a while, there's a lot of video and stuff to it. Uh, and sure. then uh, I did a long interview with 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 Mikhail too. And uh, I might start it. Uh, uh, um, I might start it. Uh, eat your heart out, Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there is a a a market. It's just the nobody wants to be the team that. Did what Pittsburgh did, so nobody's going to pay a second for him, probably. Yeah, I do wonder about that, and also it's not the the, the first time, obviously, that he's had a, a tough transition to a new yeah. team at a, at a trade deadline, right? Uh, Minnesota, Nashville, years ago. So I wonder if that sort of a reputation now he has that he's a guy that takes quite a while to get acclimated, right? Um, obviously, and even with the Sharks, right? Start off slow, but there were injuries involved and all that stuff. So I don't mm. want to judge him too harshly on that, but yeah. So I do think that that and that will lower his value, and then then there's less of a point for for Mike Ritter to make that trade, right? If you're just trading him for a third round pick or a fourth round, it's kind of like, ah, eh, what's the point? You know, uh, we we the cap space, we don't need a cap space, and he is so vital, right, in the development, I think, of of, of their young wingers. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the value will be there just for those kind of uh, red flags or whatever. Um, but if, again, it, the, the player that he's been uh, since mid-November, that player is definitely worth a second-round pick at his contract. So maybe even better. Mm -hmm. But, again, that's not the, that's not the only way the GMs are going to judge it, obviously. So I do wonder how Greer is going to approach this deadline because I don't know if he – I mean – last deadline he does he was kind of trying to pick up as many late picks as possible and was trying to get like nickel and diming for a fourth or a seventh mm -hmm. or whatever hopefully he does that again because i i find it fun but <laughs> we'll see i i mean i think he'll try just that the team isn't cooperating right so overall yeah. i mean granlin's cooperating but he's got a two-year contract but yeah uh kakadin is too let's give kakadin credit um um let's get jacob mcdonald to a stanley cup team Let's get him on like <laughs> he's already been on one. He's already been on one. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. But let's get him. Let's get him on like, um, I don't know, Tampa or something. 
I would love it though if, if Jacob has a late career renaissance as a Brent, like a Brent Burns light. <laughs> yeah, I love it, and I can just keep using yeah. the Jacob McDonald hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because over yeah. Over. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. This has been a long okay. episode. Um, uh, next week, or probably next week, we'll have our our full World Junior Championship breakdown plus some other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, anything else to say, Shang? Nope. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.